Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Flashbacks. Yes. Welcome, welcome this week to a special edition, every week's a special edition of the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Adam Peacock alongside, well not really, uh, connected thanks to the wonders of technology and the ingenuity of our man Gibbo. Morning Gibbo, by the way. You get an intro first this morning, forking this up before the co-host does. Yes, finally. <laughs> Good boys. Nick Davis up. Uh, where are you, Nick? Uh, I'm at the Gold Coast. Yeah. Boys, good to be here. Physically, but, uh, are you still on the Gold Coast? Or Yeah, I am, yeah, <laughs> physically and mentally. I'm still thinking that was uh, some some of the voices a little scratchy. That's a scratchy I, uh, voice. I didn't do much singing last night because I knew I had to uh, have the dulcet tones ready for uh, three hours this morning, but... Uh, once House of Pain came on, there was a little bit of flashback there too. It was an early night. It was an early night. But what I will say, I just want to quickly say, uh, Anna Newsreader, it's her birthday today. I didn't even know the newsreaders were real. I just thought you just plugged, you typed it into the computer you and it was like... Siri. I, and it was like a, a nav man and it was just a computer-generated voice. And these newsreaders are actually, actually real. So it, it's... I saw it on Twitter this morning. It's her birthday, so happy birthday. Uh, you mentioned their dulcet tones. A little gravelly to start with, Nick, I've got to admit. But... <laughs> I'll warm into it. <laughs> I'll warm into it. I was, it's because I was in bed early, so it's taken me a little while to, of course. to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. What 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 defines early? Like, you know, like early in the morning? In, in, or in the early... words of the great uh, Lord Sir Tristan Milhan, uh, I got home at quarter past. <laughs> Lord uh, Sir Tristiano Merlohanio will be joining us a bit later on. In um, studio. In studio. In the flesh. In the and flesh. And guess what, guess what, Moas? When, when you come up and uh, we've got beautiful sponsors and Toro, and in the last hour we have another one. Uh, <laughs> and you've got one job, really. Yeah. To bring the sponsor his T-shirt. And? You Nicholas didn't, did you? got his T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Is he... got, oh, I had other things on my mind. I'm, I'm going for the Maccabi Diva of the uh, of the Sydney Swans Foundation golf trip. Yeah, I'm the three in a row. Champion is trying to become a legend here. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> so you text me yesterday to say that you shot happy. 73 at Royal Pines, which for non-golfers means he he went all right. He went all right. He didn't do his usual trick of just totally combusting on the back nine when things are going well. So anyway, we've got the uh, the waste management open, open. Yeah. Uh, there is other sport other than my golf trip going yeah, on. Exactly. <laughs> Allegedly. Exactly. Well, in the world. One of the great sporting events for a spectator is on right now. It's on oh, um, yeah. Fox 503 at the moment. I'm, I'm teaching Gibbo about the, the crowd at this event in Phoenix where they get, what do they get, 30,000 around the 16th green? It's the just 16th. like the party hole, um, yeah. the atmosphere. Stadium hole, yeah. Stadium they, hole. Uh, 
the Toro, it looks beautiful there. Well, they've had the Toro out. Toro. They've yeah. absolutely had it out. But it would be uh, for professionals and novices alike to stand up there on the 16th at the uh, at the Wasteman. It's very happy Gilmore, isn't it? Oh, I'd love to do it. That's almost no, bucket list. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. No, you wouldn't. Absolutely. No, you wouldn't. Uh, unlike you, Nick, when I It'd think about things, rocket. it brings It'd about be a rocket. <laughs> it brings about better. When I don't think, that's when I get into problems. Um, yeah, as opposed yeah. to the reverse of you, when you think, that's when issues happen. Absolutely. Our guests today, uh, All Stars Weekend with Rugby League, is kind of the introduction to the new rugby league season. It is the great Nathan Blacklock joining us, Gibbo? Outstanding work in lining. Um, one of the most exciting players to watch in. I wouldn't say recent history of rugby league, just history of rugby league. Love watching this guy do his thing. I'm pretty excited as well to get his thoughts on how explosive the Indigenous All-Stars backline is. You've got on one wing the captain, Josh Adokar, needs mm. no introduction, and Hammerside Tabuai Fado from the North Queensland Cowboys. Now, who's the fastest man in rugby league? I think it's one of those two. Should they do some kind of like kick on the first from a scrum 10 metres out and see who gets to the ball first. That's a great idea. I mean, I'm sure they could do some sort of gimmicky stuff like that. They could even before the game do a race together, things like that, all-star weekend, but glad to have the NRL back. And uh, Nick, Super Bowl weekend as well. Oh, so are, you back, are you back in Sydney um, by I the am. time the Super Bowl happens? Yes, so, I am. So you've blocked out from 10 a.m. Sunday morning for the rest Pretty of much. the day? Pretty <laughs> much. Uh, so, unavailable. Cincinnati, L.A.? Uh, we've got Trey Wingo coming up on the uh, US. What we'll do with that segment, Nick, I'll just get in early about the Ben Simmons trade, if that's all right. Yep. And then you can just, you can turn into Joe Montana, mate. You can just do your best with whatever <laughs> you want to talk about. Well, I'll, I'll just watch and learn, okay? No worries. It's uh, it's going to be exciting. I'll leave uh, a lot of the, the talk to when uh, our great friend Trey uh, comes on. He's been really good, but uh, yeah, it would be a, LA would be a very good spot to be at the moment. Or even if you're in, Phoenix at the moment, and then I'm not sure how far it is. Not that far to shoot across to LA. It'd be a, be a nice little weekend. A few hours drive, I think. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, they have planes over there as well, which is handy. Um, yeah, uh, Adam Lewis from the SCG. Again, man of the match last night, the groundsman at the SCG to get that game done, the uh, the T20 International between Australia and uh, Sri Lanka. So looking forward to ads. And uh, Nico Pajarillo will join us as well. He is from Fox Sports. He's made of mine from Fox Sports. Uh, main event this weekend, Israel Adesanya and Rob Whittaker. The rematch finally happens. Finally happens. Are you across this, Nick? I am a little bit shy zone, Rob Whittaker. No, he doesn't. Menai he lives at Menai. That's, that's shy. Oh, come off it. That's more, He is that far off the coast. He's halfway to Adelaide. No, it's not. It's out near the beautiful Ridge Golf Course, Menai. Beautiful. That's not the Shire. The Shire yes, is near is. the beach. It's like saying you live in the Northern Beaches if you're no from Sinai. No one owns that. Only Northern Beaches people talk to be- Northern Beaches people. Yeah, there's a reason. Exactly. There's a reason. But, yeah, we're looking forward Has to it. the A-League started yet? <laughs> it was on last night, actually. Was Melbourne, it? Melbourne City absolutely gave it to Western Sydney Wanderers. Oh, not absolutely gave it, but it was a comfortable win. 3-1 for uh, Melbourne City. Wanderers still can't get it going. It was Mark Rudin's uh, third game in charge. It was his second straight defeat. Um, they looked strong in the first half hour or so, Western Sydney Wanderers, but City turned around. Uh, Matt Leckie, two with his head. Um, hope he can do that for the Socceroos at the end of March. A double header this afternoon. First of all, at Cogra, uh, Wellington taking on Adelaide United, and then Sydney FC play uh, the second game 
at Cogra this evening. Um, and they are taking on Western United, who are top of the table at the moment. And at the same time, Melbourne Victory take on Newcastle Jets. But the cricket last night, uh, Nick, not sure if you saw that. Probably not, because you're dancing around with a vodka and orange to House of Pain or whatever you're doing. Is that? Do you still go down that path? Do you still drink what you drank when you were 18 years of age? Breezes? I'll tell you what happened. You what happened. Mm. Uh, I had a, uh, a lengthy day uh, yesterday. Mm. Trotted off down to the last day of Roosters camp down at... Um, Runs with kids. Yep. And then came back in. The the crew was um was a real mid two thousands two thousand five crew up here with the Swans. Heath Grundy, uh, Premiership player, Nick Malcheski, and Kieran Jack, along with uh, the foundation members. And we took it. We we went retro not only with the music and House of Pain, busted out the vodka Red Bull last night. Oh dear. So mid two thousand. Oh boy. Gee whiz, kids, if you're listening, just. Consider things for a while if you ever get offered one when you're uh, of a, a legal age. It's um, responsibly. It's a dangerous, dangerous concoction. But uh, oh, you fronted up, so well done. Yeah, happy for you. Uh, last <laughs> night, that uh, cricket, um, thanks to the DLS method, Australia won by 20 runs over Sri Lanka. It was a modest total, 153. Ben McDermott. Now, the timing is everything, as you know, mm-hmm. Nick Davis, and your four goals against Geelong, which we'll get that out the way early in the show again for mentioning that because it's contractually um, obliged to mention that. But you were a contract time when you did it. Now, these guys, uh, to, to front up last night, front of, front of mind for 10 teams bidding for yeah. nearly 600 players in the IPL auction this weekend, starting from 6 p.m. tonight. <clears throat> ben McDermott crunching a half century last night helps. Adam Zampa with three wickets helps. And Australia got past uh, Sri Lanka Lanka could only manage eight for 122 from 19 overs. Zampa, man of the match. Josh Hazelwood, four for 12 as well. So, yeah, those three gentlemen that I've just mentioned from an Australian perspective, they're all in the auction and yeah. see what they can do. Yeah, timing is everything. The boys are going to have fatter wallets uh, after that. But Ben McDermott was been, and I think look, the, the BBL copped uh, a fair bit of uh, criticism over the summer, but one of the standout performers was absolutely Ben McDermott, and he's been able to translate that into on the international stage. And then, yeah, all all, uh, all good for him if he can then land one of those big uh, IPL contracts. Adam Zampa has been a staple over there for, for a long time, but yeah. it's probably – look, Hazelwood was a standout through the T20 World Cup as well. Uh, everyone was sort of unsure in that format how he would go, but he's been able to um, to back it up again and – uh, a healthy contract will be heading his way as well. And, yeah, the back end of last year's IPL, he was very good for Chennai, who ended up winning it. But I, um, I did a yarn for Code Sports about the how there it all works. Hey, there you go. I got to me- you, you mentioned your plugs and I'll mention my plugs. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and you reckon moving the chains won't get a mention uh, later on when we speak to Trey. Um, Code Sports, I did an article on the IPL, how it actually works. And it's interesting in the sense that you, they're not sure – about people like David Warner and Steve Smith. They're not totally sure that they will actually go because they've set their reserve for the top that you can set your reserve for, which is 360000 Aussie dollars. Mm-hmm. And you can go all the way down to like forty, sixty thousand $60,000 if you want to get yourself in there, but it's not really worth your while if you're a top player to go away for that amount of money. But uh, you set your own reserve. But people like Mitch Marsh... Um, Stoinis and Maxwell are already locked in. They've been bought in the pre-auction, the marquee players, if you like. Stoinis, 1.2. Maxwell, 1.5 mil or something like that. Guaranteed, locked. That's for a season. So what they get bought for at the auction is what they get paid. That's Yeah, not and like, a season is yeah. not 
a football season or no. a... It's an NFL-style season. It's like uh, 14 games, I think it is, or something like that. But anyway, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good money if you can get in at the right price point. But the difficulty is with the proliferation, say, of batters in India who can clear the rope, they'd rather go the local than get the big-name yep. international player in for four times the amount of money. So it's, it's, it, it all depends where you fall and what's needed. Like tall, fast bowlers, all-rounders, they're the go-to apparently. They're what the international. They're what is looked upon for what the Indian sides need. Yeah, they yeah. have got a uh, a plethora of them. We've used really good words this morning too. That's, what that's, was your word before it started with P? That's a good word. Um, don't know. It was so good. I'll get that in already. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to some more good questions this week. From I think on the counter I had five last week. Did I not? Good questions. Good questions, Nick. Yeah. Gibber, do you know what he's talking about here? I have no idea what he's talking about, Adam. It must when be I ask a question and then. No, I know when what you're talking about, mate. Yeah, I, I ask a question th- and then they go, oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I think you had two last week, but you carried over two from the week before. So if we're doing a yearly countdown, that's where you're hitting your fours and fives. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> it is a talk, Well, Okay, unders, overs, if we were to set a market with. <clears throat> um, what what would your unders, overs be today for good question, Nick? Good question, yeah. Two and a half? Uh, you'd like to think I'd be able to get a, a good question for Trey in the in the NFL. Yep. Adam Lewis, you're a chance if you if yeah. you come up with something good. Yeah, it's going to be about. But do you think about the SCG and the four goals? Right? The good question yeah. though, does it come from you've stumped them where they need time to pad? No, it's. I, I think. Well, it's, you think it's really a good question. I think it's opening up their frontal lobe to something that they hadn't thought of. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you right. go. How's that one? Yeah, well, it's just question. a good question. They might the thesaurus out this morning, boys. Jeez. <laughs> Are rolling the big words out, aren't we? Uh, Nick's frontal lobe. I'm not sure what state that's in. <laughs> looking at yeah, him at the moment. I'll tell you what, here at, uh, at SEN Gold Coast, beautiful uh, palatial surroundings here in the... Uh, Varsity uh, Lakes. I'm, I'm Varsity Lakes. I'm christened at the Scott Sattler. I was going to say Memorial. He's not dead. <laughs> he's uh, still with us. He's still with us. I swear on Friday. But I will be practicing my putting in uh, in the news break. So I'll be... <laughs> <laughs> you bought your clubs. Are you going straight to the golf course? Straight there. The I'm course. straight there. What course are you playing with? style in the Ryder Cup. I'm getting a police escort <laughs> to the first tee. As <laughs> the leader arrives. What course are you playing? Uh, Hope Island this afternoon. Oh, Is it windy up there today? I hope so, for your sake. I haven't really looked. (laughs) Still with cricket, New South Wales, huge win in the Shield yesterday uh, by two wickets. It went right down to the end. Chris Tremaine was the man who was uh, classified as the hero, 16 not out at the end, uh, with five wickets for the match as well. Dan Hughes, 86 for New South Wales. Uh, So they win at the Gabba and SAV Vic. Stumps day three, Redbacks lead by 305. Uh, (laughs) South Australia searching for their first Shield victory in two Years at Stumps there, seven for 203. Will Pekofsky's back as well, which is good. Half century for him in the NBL last night as well. Catch every NBL game live on ESPN with KO. Uh, Brisbane Bullets 77, the 36ers 73. The Bullets snapped a four game losing streak, came back from 10 points down. Lamar Peterson, uh, Patterson finishing with 32. Uh, catch every game of the biggest NBL season yet live on ESPN, streamed on KO. Illawarra Hawks, Cairns Taipans tonight from 5.30. After that, Melbourne United and Perth Wildcats. And uh, at the Phoenix Open, uh, who's this dude leading? Nick? Thigala. I've never heard of him. Thigala. No, no never heard of him. Patrick Hanalei in second. Brooks Kepka, Xander Shoffley, both at 8-under with Adam Hadwin. So 
pretty uh, pretty solid leaderboard at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, but uh, uh, the leader well, um, is doing a really good job. Jordan Smith struggling to make the cut. Mm. He uh, on ten, one under. I think the cut will be about two under. So needs to uh, to get a move on there, Jordan Spieth, to uh, to make the cut. We're going to go to a short break on the Mowers Club as uh, some putting. Nick Davis warms up and uh, gets the the flat stick going. We'll be back in a sec with plenty more on your Saturday morning. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, this is uh, the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers, powered by 100 years of innovation. And Nick Davis, is he's just like the, the two-stroke that takes a little bit of kicking over and now it's into full <laughs> rhythm. And... pull the joke out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got Adam Lewis coming up a, a bit later on. I, I'm really interested, uh, Nick, to this is the critical time of year of when it starts to, you know, you, you've got to be planning to make sure mm. that things with your lawn can fall long into winter. Absolutely yep. you, you critical right now. Yeah, because a lot of people, like the start of the the good weather and over Christmas and whatnot, uh, you can have. You also, you can go away over this period and, mm. and let the lawn grow too long, and then you come back and you're like, "Oh, how how do I get this back into to shape?" Because there's still some plenty of good weather out there, and then also you you got to get your lawn ready for for footy season. A little bit more growth if you've got some tackle footy going on in the backyard. <laughs> uh, you you need to make sure there's some sponginess there. <laughs> now, <clears throat> this week uh, on Twitter, I got tagged in something and it was oh, the wrong did tag. You this, who did you upset this time? No, no, no one, no one. I just got oh, the wrong tag because on Twitter yep. I'm Adam Peacock 3, but someone just tagged in at Adam Peacock. Adam and that Peacock. happened to be a... Um, three off the T, is a, that your handle? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> yes, well done. It was actually... Um, because when I set up my Twitter profile, I had three kids, but now I've got four and can't be bothered changing it. Um, but it's uh, Adam Peacock without the three is a guy from Connecticut, systems administrator, ballroom dancer, fixer of all the things. <laughs> I thought to myself, I would love Close. to be that. I would absolutely love to be that. Gibbo, would you like to be someone like that? Sorry, I wasn't paying attention, Adam. I was actually, <laughs> I was actually looking at this text message and it got me a little distracted. But did you say... Oh, that's right. Kurt's just texting on the. Uh, and by the way, oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Nick Nick will come up with a prize um, to get involved. We with have t-shirts. It. We got t-shirts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but Kurt doesn't. The last one he... that I've got to bring up for Lord. He goes, <laughs> Nick, you like this on the text line? Oh uh, four five seven seven three six seven three six from Kurt. Gibbo, where's my t-shirt, mate? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kurt. This is for you, mate. I tried calling you this morning. <laughs> uh, I left it. I left it a so week I hope in you're advance. Sitting down, Kurt. Just take a seat. This won't take long. Look, I'll be honest. I probably shouldn't have called you twenty. Oh, geez, seven days later. But I did. Um, I need to get your email address, your t-shirt size, and your address. So you send that through to me, and we'll get that sorted. But Kurt, I've seen your message, and thank you. But I don't think I'd be like to be a guy from Connecticut. I don't know much about it, Adam. But I, it's no. not for me. No, exactly. Um, but I've I've got some here. I've got I've gone through Twitter and found some profiles for people named Nick Davis and people named <laughs> Nathan Gibbons. <laughs> um, uh, okay, Nick Davis. I'll go you first. Yep. Psychologist, cognitive neuroscientist, interested in non-invasive brain stimulation. Opinions of my own and seemingly not shared by anyone else. That 
Would you like to be that, or is that way it's too intelligent? <laughs> that is too not hard, you. That's hard okay. Work. <laughs> what about this I one? I have a headache with that. Dude from Geneva, Nick Davis, Nicholas Davis. It is. How do we create more human-centered tech systems? Professor, consultant, and author, helping organisations transform to lead the fourth industrial revolution. <laughs> Jeez, I'm really letting the name down, aren't I? <laughs> I'm a real bottom feeder of the Nick Davis. But wait, plan. but wait. Oh, there's He's, one more. I, I swear to God, I read this profile. And I thought, is this the guy I co-host with on a Saturday is morning, or is this is someone else? Is Nick's burner. There's two of him. Racing fan, works part time, and punts the rest. <laughs> Loves a decent handicapper, food, travel, and cats. <laughs> Oh, no good. You had me at everything but cats. You love cats. I do love cats. I had a cat. Here's a good story for you. We had a cat and um, kids wanted a cat. And I was like, oh, no cat, no cat. And the cat just ended up. I said, right, if we get this cat, I'll get to name it. I call my my cat Westside. It's so cool. (laughs) Westside. Did you signal to it as well with the Westside? To come inside. Throw up the dub. Uh, Nathan Gibbons, 30-something genius who has yet discover his defining moment. <laughs> Are you sure that's not my account? Yeah, that's sure. not actually. I think that could know. be mine. What about this? <laughs> Nate Gibbons, Nathan Gibbons, at Let the Blood Spill. My son tattoos, piercings, rap, metal, music production, guitar, drums, bass, guns, camping, travel, tubing, off-road. That's his profile. Is I that mean, you? Apple, Apple's not falling far from the tree there for the Nathan Gibbons crew. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we're all very similar. That's a, he sounds like a very adventurous type guy. I wouldn't mind to give him a him. follow. Yeah. I don't, no, I don't want to get that guy. Is there any chance if they're not like too far all over the world, we can maybe get these people on the show? Oh, absolutely, easily. That would be funny. You're, you're this dude's got a goatee tat. You make that happen. He's got a tat from underneath his bottom lip all the way down to his chin. Okay, next week I'll get That's on for one of each of our uh, Twitter same names. <laughs> same name. Have you seen the Steve Smith guy? <laughs> yeah, the guy who works in media. <laughs> He's yeah. Steve Smith FX. I don't know, but every... Like every before every summer, because he knows he's going to get smashed, he has to put out a tweet. I am not that Steve Smith. <laughs> so I'm sure it happens plenty, plenty often. But we'll get one of those. We'll get a few of those guys on. Mark my words. Mark my words, indeed. And uh, by the way, um, from Stuart, Chris Tremaine was actually run out but not given out, Stu, from Cronulla in that Shield match yesterday. Did you see that? He no. was like a foot out and he wasn't given out. And I've, Do they have no, 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 no crowds no. or technology at the Sheffield Shield? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Anyway. Um, what time's Tristan joining you, Nick? Uh, the Lord will be here at 10 <laughs> o'clock, uh, Queensland, whatever. Daylight saving time? No, because they're not daylight saving. Ten o'clock, Queensland. The Lord will be uh, will be in the um, in the building. Is it enjoyable what? to have the extra hour up there, given how backward they are up there, Queensland? Uh, yes, it was good. Oh well, trekking down to uh, to Brunswick Heads and Mullumbimby yesterday, uh, losing that hour was not great. But then gaining it on the way back was, uh, was a little bit of a bonus. Hang on a sec. Why did you change? Well, 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 this is what I don't get about time because time is infinite and it doesn't really affect us. We just set our, our minds to it. Sorry to get a bit deep on a Saturday morning right there. Um, but why don't you just stay on the same time and then... Because it changes on the phone. Yeah, well... But training was at 9.30, which is 8.30 here. Ah, so the phone resets your mind. See, we're too addicted to no, technology. but I had to. If I'm, if I look at the, 
the at the the roosters team works out where all the the stuff is on mm. um then it says 9:30 so if I, then I look at my phone here and it says 9:30 well then it's actually 10:30 there it's quite a simple equation adam okay fair enough um we're on teams to to connect with our technology here and we can keep an eye on each other we are being bombarded by some randoms just joining in the uh I don't know who these people are. I don't know. I reckon, he's, I reckon this guy is mowing. Yeah, I think he is. He's mowing. Because, <laughs> we, uh, this is the this one is where Tom Brady. Another bloke's in bed. Right. This is Tom interesting. Bra- Tom Brady dropped in on someone's uh, Zoom once. Did he? Yeah. It, you know, you type in the Zoom thing and you you might have pressed the wrong number. and. Mm. He dropped in on someone's Zoom. Well, we've got, got, they've gone cameras off. We've got one guy mowing. mowing. I and, reckon they've just typed in Saturday morning mowers and yeah. we've, we've found a little – we've got two more listeners. Yeah, and some guy – We've unfor- doubled. Well, the Killed guy in it. bed, he thinks it's morning glory. That's for Friday mornings when um, Matty John s- starts up again. But uh, the other dude's on his mower and having a great old time. So are we in the studio as well and so is Nick Davis as he overcomes a hangover to look forward to his second day of his golf day on the Gold Coast. We're back in a moment with more Mowers Club. Nathan Blacklock is going to join us after the news. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yes, we are back. Uh, Nick Davis, interested in this story that broke down in um, Melbourne through the week. It was huge down there, kind of floated on by up here in in Sydney and the the rugby league states. But it's an interesting discussion, full stop. Simon Goodwin. So Mm. a report leaked of his behaviour of 12 months ago where apparently he's going to the pub and, you know, having a punt and socialising too much with players in pre-season of last year. Obviously, it turned out all right because they won the whole thing for the first time in a, a thousand years, Melbourne FC. But it brought into light how exactly a coach should or shouldn't, uh, you know, socialise with his players or yep. his lifestyle choices. What was your take on it all? And should coaches' private lives be as made public as, say, players are? Uh yeah, I did see it, and it, yeah, it did sort of um, get swept up under the carpet in in New South Wales. But I'll, I'll, to Simon Goodwin's defence, I think the last eighteen months, where the hubs and players and coaches and all staff have been uh, quite um, close and and basically living with each other for the last eighteen months, I think that these relationships would have been a lot closer and a lot stronger than what they had been and quite normal for when you're, you've got to stay at a hotel and you all have to eat in the same team room and then celebrate a win in the same team room that this would happen. So I think uh, it, it could have been an error in judgment where um, I think it was down Portsy Way where they were out and uh, he was socialising, having a punt. I think it's, uh, for some, it can be a little bit misconstrued as a bad look, but I, I just think over the the scheme of things in the last 18 months that uh, that um, that relationships with players and coaches and all sort and all different staff um, have changed a lot yeah because if they finished 12th last year and this oh, came it's out a now story he's gone yeah. like, they, they just go oh right winning <laughs> takes care of everything later but uh yeah it's extraordinary like 
I couldn't imagine John Longmire, for instance, going down with the rest of the Swans guys down to the uh, the Coogee Pavilion or whatever it is down there and, yeah, and getting it on it. <laughs> or do they? Do, do AFL coaches, I don't know what happens in rugby league, I know for certain that it doesn't happen in, in football. They very much keep apart. Um, uh, no, does it happen I, I much? In, no, it does. It, it absolutely does. And I think... <laughs> We, uh, in 2005, 2006, we had a, a pre-season, um, camp in, uh, LA and then Hawaii, uh, mm. cause Ruzi wanted to go there on holidays. And we, uh, as a group, same thing, bonded and celebrated and did everything together. And there's some funny stories that come out of it. And there's one per, you, you do, you learn uh, a lot about, um, like people, I, I said, yeah. Probably if you if you trek down to the Coogee Pavilion, you're not going to see horse down there with Tom Papley and Ollie Florent and the boys. But um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't know. But uh, it is uh, it is quite different. I said I think yeah the last 18 months um, the the landscape and what the day to day professional sporting life in Australia has changed so much that um, they everyone was living in each other's pockets a bit and yeah you're right if they were the Melbourne of old struggling to make the finals um, everyone it's uh, it's uh, something to throw it in, but uh, when you're holding the cup up, winning does take care of everything. It does. It does. But, yeah, I, I just wonder now, do the forces at play try and find other reasons to make life difficult for Simon Goodwin? I know how it works down there in Victoria. It's it's kind of weird. It's a, a story gets out like this and it becomes quickly bigger than it actually is. Uh, because you know what happens. What, what's going to happen is if... Uh, if they come out and they, they start the season 4-0, and it's like, oh, yeah, good on you. And they come out 0-4, they'll be like, oh, maybe Simon Goodwin needs to get out with the boys and, <laughs> and get back on the tins. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, as, uh, to use my great mate uh, and great and avid listener of the show, Joel Kane, the narrative the narrative can be, uh, the narrative can be uh, driven anyway by whoever. What did you make of uh, Winter Olympics this week, Nick? I love it. What do you it doesn't love, get mate? enough cred. It does not get enough cred. I think in regards to the actual excitement levels and the sports itself, the Winter Olympic sports are better than the Summer Olympics by so far. Ooh, that's a cool. <coughs> Put that on. Oh, sorry. You're right there, pal. <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> As the first one, yeah. uh, put that out on the text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. So I get that right without even reading it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, good. yeah, you did. Well uh, done. Little patent, little good job, Nick. That my own ones don't count. Uh, Winter Olympics greater than Summer Olympics. Like watching someone run around the track, yeah, it's cool. But watching someone flying seven meters in the air off a half pipe, way cooler. <laughs> but it's not really relatable. We mean. Well, everyone's tried to run fast. No one's tried to do 83 flips in the air, as, as spectacular as it was. Um, the the Japanese uh, snowboarder who beat Scotty James yesterday, that was, I was like, what? That was, a, was that a video game I just watched? It was incredible. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um, like, yeah, I think the, is it the the skeleton where they go head first down the track and it like? Yep. Man, you, you compare that to archery or something like that, whatever they do in the summer. Winter Olympics does not get enough credibility. Uh, I think they are great athletes. I think the fact that we live in a country that is not um, high up in the, we don't have much snow going around the whole year, but these uh, these athletes in their home countries like the Netherlands and whatnot where they have plenty of snow mm. uh, are 
Yeah, yeah I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, just on the Summer Olympics as well, they've said they've um, booted boxing. Oh. Out. 2028. Gone. Don't want it in the, the Olympics anymore. See you later. Be cool. So rap dancing is in and boxing is out. <laughs> that, that's what you're telling me. It's a crazy world, Nick Davis. It's a crazy it? world. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yes, welcome back. Adam Peacock in the uh, SEN Towers studio here in Sydney and Nick Davis just trying to move through the gears to get going on a uh, rusty old Saturday morning on the Gold Coast because there's no such thing as a clear-minded uh, more Saturday morning on the Gold Coast when you are there visiting. I'm sure the locals are kind of clear-minded. They get down to Burley for a bit of yoga and things like that at 5am when the sun rises or 4am when the sun rises up there. But uh, not old Nicky boy this morning, I think. He was... Um... <laughs> You're not painting a very nice picture here. Well... Come on. I'm a clubhouse leader. I've got a... Yeah. Like I said, champion's trying to come a legend here. So it's it's the Swans Foundation. How many of the Swans crew are up there? Everyone? Uh, no, no. Swans Foundation are a group of guys. Uh, primarily, you know, Swans, South Melbourne supporters from uh, from way back when uh, the club was based out of, uh, out of Melbourne and South Melbourne. And... <clears throat> Their sort of charter is to you know, go around and, and look for opportunities to, to raise money for the club to, for various outlets, which is uh, Swans Academy is one, which I'm involved in, uh, the Royal Hall of Industries and the uh, the new facility that are getting built for the Sydney Swans, mm-hmm. uh, also the Swifts and a blood bank uh, in there at uh, opposite the Horton Pavilion. Uh, the guys did some great fundraising work from there and they're just members and they, and they love the Swannies, so... As I said, these um, trips normally uh, post-season October to Queenstown and fortunately haven't been able to get there for the last couple of years, so uh, we found a spot here at the Goldie. As magnanimous as all those um, <coughs> causes are, are they also known to, you know, hand over a bit of cash in brown paper bags to players? No. Can't do that, mate. <laughs> can't do that. Of course not. Yeah, can't do that. Never happens. doesn't happen Never. in the eastern suburbs in sport at all. I will not have you slander my team. <laughs> Teams. Um, Winter Olympics, definitely superior, superior, uh, summer Olympics diluted due to the amount of sports and amount of individual events in disciplines. Uh, as Nick said, winter's much more exciting, according from Daniel from Adelaide and uh, Daniel enjoy, enjoy your t-shirt. my friend. <laughs> he's got a t-shirt going his that way. That counts as a good question. Well done, Daniel. Steve from, uh, down there in, uh, Victoria. He's a avid listener to SEN 1170. The Goodwin story ran for three nights on the 6 p.m. news yeah. as the lead story down here. Not much going on down there. Far is there? out. It's, uh, it's not like it's... we've got Australians winning gold medals in other parts of the world in foreign sports or, you know, a pandemic's going on or a, or a bloody federal election is on the way. No, that's the most important thing that's going on in the world right now. Simon Goodwin had a beer <laughs> and got three legs of the quaddy <laughs> with, with the Melbourne boys. <laughs> oh man! Uh, now Monday you're going to be a bit, sh- uh, well, I, I wouldn't say shady, but you will be clearing the decks. You for for Super Bowl Monday for Nick Davis and all the NFL nuffies around the country is basically a public holiday. Am I correct? It's a day to enjoy all things uh, America. Yes. The uh, again, our illustrious leader at that Lord. He's got some. Markets up that we'll talk about at his establishment later on the show. But we've got over under 
uh, it's not up uh, at the moment. I was going to put the market up yesterday myself when I went in there, but um, over under for the length of the national anthem, uh, what uh, quarterback will be shown first uh, on television, what coach. <laughs> and now we've got the over under chicken wings uh, consumed by Nick Davis on Super Bowl. And That's what, uh, what's the line? I'm not sure. We'll wait for Lord to come in here in the in the third hour, and we, we'll, we'll just put some live markets up. People can text in what market. The Lord, uh, I said, went into said, not said yet, uh, headquarters yesterday, and, and I've got pen and paper here, and 0457 736 736, or give us a call, 1300 01 1170. What market do you want for the Super Bowl? And I'll just go into... To, uh, Millie said it to uh, to, to the <laughs> to Lord's them. office. <laughs> the Lord's office <laughs> to the Lord's office, and I'll make the markets and I'll give you a good price. Oh, I'll, and I'll uh, and I'll hold the bet. So, what market ever you want for the Super Bowl? But at the moment, uh, over under chicken wings would be at least. I'm setting this market. I've seen you when you've got <laughs> a bit of intent about you, and when you want to achieve something, especially when it comes to food. Yeah, I will go over under chicken wings. Sixteen and a half. Oh, that's absolutely overs. I was going to say 20. Hey? What? I was going to say 20. You're going to take 20. over 16. Oh, ch- chicken wings. I oh, know, because chicken wings, you go, righto, I'll have a couple. And you get four in, you go, oh, man, these are good. And you keep yeah. going. And you keep going. And you're watching the game. And then they take another ad break. And you get the they take an ad break every two seconds. And yeah. Oh, man. Kill you, man. So 20 uh, and a half. Dogs, yeah, 20 and a half. I'll have, I'll have 20 chicken wings in Super Bowl. Super Bowl goes for four days. Um, Halftime show is going to be good. Snoop Dogg, Dre, yeah. Kendrick Lamar. What, what about their, their um, Mary J. Blige? When they released, who was it's appearing? my playlist? It was like a so freaking movie in itself, like a yeah. four-minute short film. Yeah, the, the, uh, Dr. Dre is going to be celebrating his his his, uh, his divorce, so he'll be ready for a big party. Is um, oh, so he's only worth twenty billion, not forty billion now. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about hot dogs? Give me over under hot dog. See, hot dogs, oh, you can only do three, I'd imagine. See, I have a feeling hot dogs are the most overrated food, one of the most overrated oh, foods Oh, four, five, around. seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. We should be inundated. First person that texts us in and says, that is incorrect, will get themselves a T-shirt. <laughs> Wait, Nick, why don't hot we just go to Hot dogs are our... overrated. Yes, they are. Nick, why don't we just go to our live audience here? Ah, uh, is hot dogs overrated? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, the boys on Gypsy on Jitsy. Thumbs oh, down. One, one, two. Bloke on the mower, no way in the world. The he mower, looks like he, he, he inhales he about five of them. Dog. I listened into a bit of their chat, and it's definitely not for air. <laughs> no, are they mowers? No. Well, yeah, the guy up. So for the listeners at home, we've we've set up a Jitsy. Can you take a photo got, of this, Adam, and put it up on? We've got on three socials. guys up there. The guy up the top, he is mowing, and he said. Get me effing on. <laughs> you got to have a other, t-shirt. A couple of the other blokes are asking for some some naughty things, which we cannot be doing at work, boys. But look, glad to have you here, boys. Well, there's one bloke in bed, and I can't see his hands. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, the dude on the mower. Yeah, he thinks he's I will talking. repeat. You are on mute, and you will remain on mute <laughs> for the entire we show. Enjoy our show. We enjoy our show. We enjoy our show. We like being on air, and we don't want to be in front of the uh, the regulatory body to say that you can no longer be on air. But yeah, hot dogs for me completely overrated. overrated. They are the. But we like, need the boys to tune into SEN so we get our listener. It doesn't count if you guys just drop into our Jitsi. No, they'll be listening. Well, how do they know about us? 
And you just didn't no, randomly type drop in. in. They're, they're mowers. Well, one of them should call in. Give us a buzz. 1300 1170 how you realise what you're opening yourself up to? Well, we've got a dumb button. We don't use it, but we've got a dumb button. This is live radio. Well, some of our segments have deserved dump buttons over the over the journey. So what about far. this one, Adam? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this one. What? What about this seg? Oh, this seg. Oh, sorry. No, no, uh, no, no. This is getting there. This is getting there. I, I want to. Have we got our third sponsorship? Uh, sponsorship yet? The uh, the waffle maker. The waffle maker. Any waffle makers out there? <laughs> well, yeah. Couple of experts in this particular studio. We are making <laughs> waffles right now. We okay. Well, hot dogs I view as overrated because basically the the actual hot dog is made up of the stuff that falls on the floor at the abattoir, and then they just cobble it all together and put it into a hot dog, and then you eat it for some reason. I don't because I don't like them. What for you is an overrated food? And that's Nick? no different to a pie or a dim sim. Uh, well, I don't eat dim sims for that same reason. Okay. Um, pie. A pie. I can cop because you can actually <laughs> – I can't believe I'm just about to say that, but you can actually <laughs> – how do I put this nicely? You can taste the meat. So, yeah. Um, what for you, Nick, given what, you're a bit what? of an expert in this field, is an overrated food? Uh, what is my hot dogs? <laughs> okay, overrated food. Um don't hurt yourself thinking. Oh, it is hurting. <laughs> Let me come back to you with that. Jeez. But it's not a hot dog. Okay. Surely someone's texted in and said hot dogs are not Chicken overrated. salt for me, Adam. Yeah. What? Ch- yeah, absolutely, <laughs> what? yeah. Nick, mate, you, you just came two minutes there of dead air. I've just, yes. And you've just sprung back to life. Chicken salt. Well, what, what I don't like about chicken salt is with you go you. to a the fish people, and chip. No, no, let me stop you right there. The people at the fish and chip shop shouldn't ask if you know what chicken salt. They should ask if you want pump. It, it should be staple chicken salt and yeah. then your your alternative is salt. Yeah, just overrated. Don't, don't ask if I want chicken salt. Of course I want chicken salt. Chicken salt is overrated. What about chubba chubs? <laughs> no, we're getting the wrapper off. We've been through this. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Gibbo. Chicken salt. No, nah. does anyone at don't want to know about it? Don't want to know. Chicken salt. You're no chicken salt as well. No, nah, two one here, Nick. Unlucky. Wow. I think though. See, the, I see. Here we go. Let me let me give you. Oh, yeah. this is someone that's coming from doesn't consume this product. For mm. me, coffee is overrated. Yeah, it does get a lot of talk about it, but it doesn't make you feel good. So, um, dog. the Oscars music is playing, so we better. Uh, <laughs> We're getting wound up. Thanks <laughs> for having us, guys. <laughs> That's the first hour. Somehow we We're got getting through wound that. up for our own show. My God. Um, if anyone knows Nathan Blacklock, if they could tell him to turn on him in his phone, that'd be unreal. We're trying to get hold of him for our show here uh, to talk about All Stars Weekend. Or if anyone else can take his spot, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. We've got a free spot. Call up. You're on. Exactly. Back with our second hour after this. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yes, welcome back. Welcome back to the microphone as well. Uh, And we're here for our second hour of the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers, powered by 100 years of innovation. Uh, Just quickly on the text line, g'day fellas from Redman. Lobster is way overrated. Yabby's the way to go. I'd agree with that. Lobster at $4,000 a kilo or whatever it is. Yep. Agree. Yes, red man. I, yeah, I agree with that. Shirt on the way. That's close to a T-shirt. And uh, I would agree with that. the Jewel Jewel Oysters. Lipper. 
oysters overrated? Yeah, it's just like swallowing boogers, isn't it? Surely. <laughs> I know. They just said boogers. Rather frank thought at uh, ten a.m. on a Saturday morning, but um, yeah, it's just like the the texture of it. Surely. Anyway, uh, chicken wings in the air fryer. Backwards. Oh, anything bread. in the air fryer. Anything in the air fryer. Did anything. Chicken's in the air fryer. Overrated. Right. Let's get. Is that what that said? No, 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 no. It's saying. Um, I, I think he's saying that it's underrated. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, um, Brett from Blackwoods Beach, can you clarify? Can you text us back? Uh, on no, if it's Brett from Blackwoods Beach, chicken yeah. wings in the air fryer. Uh, I would like to order those actually, Brett from Blackwoods Beach, <laughs> when I get home uh, on Sunday. That'd be great for Monday, uh, which is Super Bowl Monday here in Australia, yes. Super Bowl Sunday in the States. And right now joining us, a friend of the show, he's joined us a few times and we thought, well, we've got to get him and back to Super Bowl. he would eat chicken Bowl, wings on Super Bowl Sunday. He'd have to. American broadcasting legend Trey Wingo joins us right now and we've got the SEN coverage of the Super Bowl 9am on Monday morning. And Trey, I'm not sure where in the States you're going to be, but you're going to have your eyes glued to the screen, dare say, when the Cincinnati Bengals take on the LA Rams. How are you, mate? I'm doing great, and uh, by the way, I'm with you. Uh, Frickin' oysters are boogers in a shell. 100%. Get them out of here. <laughs> what a brilliant intro. The first thing, I don't think anyone has ever come on the show or any radio station on this radio network and had an opening line like that, Trey, so congratulations. Well, I mean, think about it. Hold on. There, I just made an oyster, you know? <laughs> That's first and ten. There's a first down already, Trey. Well done. Where are you going to be for the game, mate? I actually, I'm in LA right now. I've been doing work uh, all this week, but tomorrow I'm Don't headed to. Don't lie to us, Trey. Vegas Don't lie to us. Because... Don't have to lie to us. <laughs> uh, there you go. Um, I would never lie to you because finally the borders are open again, so I want to come back. Yes. Um, but I'm leaving tomorrow morning to head to Las Vegas to do a Super Bowl thing with both Peyton and Eli Manning for Caesar Sports. So we're really excited about that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, the, the Peyton and Eli show that they do around games on a, I think it was a Monday night over there. That they're going to expand it to other sports. Such a success yep. it's been as those two brothers ripping, uh, <laughs> ripping into each other. So you're just going to be the moderator in between those two, or you're going to take sides, or what's what's going to happen there? Oh, I will never take sides in the, in the House Manning battles. I let them. I let them duke it out. I'm just going to egg each, each one of them on to say stupid stuff. Brilliant, brilliant. Hey, before we get to um, like my co-host here, Joe Montana, is going to ask every second question <laughs> under the sun about the game. On, 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 I just want your thoughts, trade quickly on the Ben Simmons trade to Brooklyn Nets and James Harden going the other way. What do you make of all this? What's been the reaction stateside? Well, I mean, Ben Simmons has been a giant baby for lack of a better term about this entire thing. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's refused to sort of de- develop his game and, and change things that are necessary for him to be the player that he should be. Quite frankly, he should be a much better player. Uh, and the Sixers finally got tired of it. And it's amazing that they could get someone like James Harden in return. But uh, we're talking about a guy who is much older and Simmons, who is much younger, and the hope is that eventually Ben Simmons will figure out, you know, to be great, you got to improve. And uh, I guess the Nets are banking on that. Trey, also, just quickly before we move on to Super at the at the Brooklyn House, I saw an interview that Kyrie Irving is getting frustrated about his availability. Well, it's pretty pretty simple to uh, to fix that. <laughs> well, it's like 
it's like, Novak, what else could I do? I can think of one thing you could have done, you know? I mean, we're, we're taking the obvious answer off the table here. So, yeah, I agree. If he's getting frustrated, well, he, he could fix that if he wanted to. He's choosing not to. That's on him. His, he can handle his own frustrations because of his own making. It'd be fascinating to see how it all pans out for Ben Simmons at, at Brooklyn because not only he's have Patty Mills now and he's – uh, who has yep. said, I've always had his back, but he's got Steve Nash, who is one of the great competitors in the history of the sport there um, at an organisation where they're just going to expect straight away, aren't they, Trey? They're not going to allow this guy to kind of settle in. It's like do the business straight away because we're, we've got to get going for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's time. It's time to get busy playing basketball, which is what you should have been doing all along. Righto, Nick, over to you. Uh, here we Trey, go. Super Bowl. It, it's, it is one of the greatest sporting events. Uh, the, the Super Bowl game, and I will save a little bit for halftime, which is its own, uh, its own thing this year. It's going to be uh, amazing. But SoFi Stadium, Rams home field. Uh, let's go talk Rams first. They went all in this year. They traded for Matthew Stafford. Uh, they've got, they got Von Miller. Uh, they, Robert Woods went down. They got OBJ. Uh, they've gone chips in. It's, uh, they want to win this title, don't they? They do, and, you know, it's funny. A lot of people saying, well, they have to win it this year. I'm like, no, they really don't because Matthew Stafford's 34. Like, you'd love to win it this year because you're there. But, I mean, we just saw Tom Brady play till the age of 44. Aaron Rodgers is contemplating playing at 40. Drew Brees played very highly uh, into his 40s. So I, I would say there's at least a five and potentially longer window for Matthew Stafford to continue playing at a high level. But you're right. You If you traded uh, – two first-round picks to get him, you certainly want it to pay off right now. Stafford is an interesting guy. Like, he's there's, – there's really good with Matthew Stafford and there's really questionable with Stafford. He had 41 touchdown passes, second only to Tom Brady in the regular season. That's great. He also threw 17 interceptions, which tied a rookie, Trevor Lawrence, for the most in the NFL. That's acceptable for a guy who's played as long as Matthew Stafford has played. And while he did lead the Rams to a 10-point fourth-quarter comeback in the NFC Championship game, he also threw what should have been the game-ending play. It was an interception right down the middle of the field with 140 to play to Niners defensive back Jaquiski Tart, who proved he's a defensive back and not a wide receiver because he has two sets of feet instead of one set of hands. Uh, And if he had made that catch, the game's over. Like, game's over. So Stafford is this wonderful roller coaster ride of really good and really weird and uh, people are talking about a Hollywood ending out here. But remember, they make horror movies out here, too. Yeah, that's a really good point. And a horror movie could be for Joe Burrow is uh, Aaron Donald. This guy is uh, a machine. The Tennessee Titans got to Joe Burrow nine times. Uh, Aaron Donald could be the difference yeah. uh, for the Rams. He, he really could. Look, he, he, any year that Aaron Donald plays, he's either the first or second best defensive player in the game. It's just that simple. Um the Bengals' offensive line is atrocious. It's not bad. It's not average. It's really bad. They gave up 50. Joe Burrow was sacked 51 times in the regular season. He was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. No most sacked quarterback has ever made it to play on Super Bowl Sunday because they've usually gotten the crap beaten out of them. So the only way the, uh, the, the Bengals can avoid Aaron Donald destroying their game plan is to use his strengths against him. And what do I mean by that? He wants to get upfield and rush from the middle, which he will do. Fine. Then use his aggressiveness against him. Uh, Counters, uh, quick bubble screens, flares, get that ball out in a hurry. 
They cannot rely on a, on a, on a constant stream of five-step drops uh, for uh, Joe Burrow behind that offensive line. Weirdly, in Super Bowl 50, when the Carolina Panthers were playing the Denver Broncos, who had Von Miller on one side and DeMarcus Ware on the other side and Malik Jackson up the middle, I mean, and Derek Wolf, they, I mean, they had the number one defense, playmakers everywhere. They kept calling five- and seven-step drop plays for Cam Newton, and the Broncos just ate that offensive line apart. So I can't imagine that the Bengals are going to make that same mistake. They've got to find ways schematically to use Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and Von Miller's uh, strengths against them. Like, let their aggression be their biggest mistake. Trey, with um, big events like this, there's always the, call it the heartwarming story, but the, the, the story of the guy who's kind of come from nothing. Uh, I don't know, like growing up on a trailer uh, in a trailer park and needed food stamps to get through high school and all of that and, and, and risen above and, you know, it's, it's screenwriter's joy that things like this pop up and, and one day it could find, find its way onto, onto a feature film. But is there someone like that who has risen from seemingly nowhere, maybe not to that extent, to be a big part of what will transpire Sunday over there, Monday over here? Well, I mean, you, you really don't need to look any further than the Bengals quarterback in Joe Burrow. I mean, he was passed over uh, at Ohio State in favor of another quarterback. He came from Athens, Ohio, which is really, I mean, you want to talk about a hard scrabble area in, in the state of Ohio. Um, when he won his Heisman Trophy, he used that trophy speech to beg for food donations in his hometown because unemployment was high. People were going hungry. I mean, it, it was not a it was not a good place. You know, he didn't come from a place of privilege. He didn't come from a place of, you know, the white picket fence and, uh, you know, four bedrooms and two and a half baths. And, oh, look, there's a dog. He didn't know. There was none of that. I mean, he came from a tough area. And he's, he's a guy that had to fight through his way at Ohio State. No one believed in him there. Then he got he had to transfer and go to LSU. And Louisiana is not a place that welcomes outsiders very easily. And his first year as the quarterback there was very mediocre, but through hard work and dedication, and quite frankly, a lot of talent, he won over uh, all the people in the Bayou State. And now he literally could probably commit any crime he wanted to in Louisiana and would never be charged. Well, that's a heartwarming way to have a, sum it up. It's a good thing to have on your CV. <laughs> Free pass. Just call like, it like it is, guys. It's like a game yeah. monopoly. monopoly. Get I out of jail. There, Try it. I agree. Just on the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they are able to come through. They've run the table in the playoffs. Uh, but going back to the start of the year, and you mentioned about their offensive line, uh, there was you know a fair bit of talk about them drafting uh, Panay Sewell to, to protect Joe Burrow. They didn't do that. Yep. But the guy they drafted, Jamar Chase, has been outstanding. Oh, he's been amazing. And, he, you know, he's ticked off all these records for receivers uh, just one by one, and he has one left. Uh, Torrey Holt, uh, when the Rams won Super Bowl 34 uh, over the Tennessee Titans, 23-16, holds the record for the most receiving yards by a rookie in a Super Bowl at 109. And you better believe Jamar Chase has his sights set on that one. So uh, it's funny, uh, Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach, is a friend, and I've texted him a couple of times during the season. Hey, man, we were all wrong. Like, Obviously, you need a tackle, but this guy Chase is ridiculous, especially after the 266 yards he put up in the Week 17 matchup against the Chiefs. And Zach, to his undying credit, always texts back, I forgive you, you weren't alone.
<laughs> that's a good, that is a good response. That is a good, and also <laughs> probably from one of my prop bets uh, later in the show, because uh, you spoke about getting the ball that quick. CJ Uzama might be uh, someone, if you want to text Zach to say, look, just look, look at him over the top there. Just get him uh, six or seven receptions would be nice. <laughs> well, it's interesting, right? Uzama is going to play or tracking to play, and suddenly Tyler Higby won't play. Uh, we just found out today the Rams put Higby, their tight end, on injured reserve. So, uh, you know, it, of all things, I didn't think that Higby wouldn't play and Uzama might play based on the injuries they suffered in the uh, in the championship games. All right, Trey, we need the prediction. Who's going to win? What's the score going to be? Well, listen, um, the, the – uh, the over-under is 48-and-a-half in this game, and we've been on a run of Super Bowl unders uh, yeah. quite a while. Um, also, we've been on this run of underdogs, right? Since Super Bowl 42, when the Giants took down the previously unbeaten Patriots, 8 of 14 dogs have gone on to win the Super Bowl. Before that, it was only 29% of the time for the first 41 years. So we're, we're on a little trend here. This game, I think, is going to be close because the Rams don't blow anybody out and the Bengals don't get blown out. Um, I could see a very logical scenario for either team winning, but let me just say this. If I was a Bengals fan and I'm getting three and a half points, I think I feel pretty good about that. One last one from me, Trey, before we let you go. Um, who wins halftime out of the lot that they've got fronting up for that halftime show? Well, you know, listen, uh, hopefully the viewers win because that may be the best lineup we've ever seen in any way, shape, or form, top to bottom. So yeah. uh, I'm hoping that the viewers win and we don't have any, you know, wardrobe malfunctions like we've had in previous Super Bowls. Yeah, we don't need that to happen to Dr. Dre for sure. Absolutely. Um, Trey, we'll leave it there, mate. <laughs> really appreciate your time. Much, uh, many Wait, thanks. Hold on. hold on. Hey, hold on, guys, real quick. Hold on. Made another noise. <laughs> <laughs> Topped and tailed. Thank you very much, Trey Wingo. And enjoy the Super Bowl, mate. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. We are back in a moment with the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers, powered by 100 Years of Innovation. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Looking forward to the All-Stars game tonight, uh, NRL. And you, uh, yeah, we're... The uh, Maori All Stars up against the Indigenous All Stars out there at Parramatta. Joining us now, uh, rugby league great Nathan Blacklock joins us, and for a short time there, I remember watching him one night the SFS scoring a remarkable try for the Waratahs in rugby union. Yes, Gibbo, I did go to a rugby union game once and enjoyed it as well because this man was on fire that particular evening. Uh, Nathan joins us right now. How are you, mate? Hey, guys, how you doing? Good, good. Um, where where do we find you on this fine Saturday morning, mate? I put the fuel in my car, so I was going to get in trouble by the bloody service station. That's okay. <laughs> no, they, they took that rule away. I think that they realised that the, it's a bit like having the phone on the plane. Like the, the nothing's going to happen. Oh, so it's a missed up blown up. Is it a missed up busted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that myth is oh, okay. totally busted. So it's all good. You, you're going to survive and you're going to keep talking to us even if you do it right next to the Bowser there, mate. So all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, what do you make of this weekend, this game tonight? Um, what does it mean to you? Is it is it not just a regular rugby league game or is it just something to enjoy? Oh, mate, the game's more, like, like you said, it, it means more to every player and, and what you're doing is you're out representing the community you come from. Growing up in those small communities, you um, you know you got two choices: 
you know, you can take the road where that leads you to jail, or you can take the road that, you know, there's an opportunity there. But the 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 what the guys have done to get out of their communities and make a difference in their communities is uh, is pretty amazing. Yeah, Nathan, the, what Preston Campbell did and it, all those years ago to make this game what it is, it, it is. Look, the first, it's the kickoff to rugby league, and for the season, I think that's where it, where it sits beautifully and. If you compare this game to any other trial over the next month, it, it just—it's it, a different intensity with uh, with everything on the line, isn't it? Oh, absolutely! It—it's actually played with passion. Um, There's a lot more that goes into this game with the guys. Um, you know, they—they've got family members that travel what, you know, eight to nine hours to come and watch them play, and what I mean that, like guys from Burke, where well, those remote areas that the, the All Stars is something that they actually save up you know, save up forward to go and travel to. It's, um, I, I, thinking of it, I reckon the only people who don't really enjoy it are the club coaches because of the amount of effort that would be put in by two sets of players tonight. And I mean that in the, the with the greatest respect. There is, especially that opening 20 minutes, they are going to rip into each other, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Like, there's going to be injuries that come out of it. They're, you know, they're sitting there on the edge of their seat singing, oh, man, please don't get injured. <laughs> you know, things like that. So... Yeah, I could imagine. How much would you have loved to play in a game like this? Oh, if if it was back when I was playing, I remember playing with the uh, the uh, dream team in the sevens, and mate, just just a week leading up leading up to it was what I looked forward to hanging with players that you played with. I'm uh, sorry, played against, but never played with. But you know, from those small communities that you're from, it's 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 a good, it's a great week. Yeah, Adam spoke about the coaches that will be sitting there, you know, fingers crossed with injuries. But you, you said there, Nathan, that the the week and, and these players and young players that we're going to be able to see tonight, the week that they've been able to share and the experience that they're going to get is really invaluable, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, once they finish this week, uh, you know, they're back to their clubs doing their own thing and an opportunity might never come up again where they're, where they're together and just having fun and connecting to culture. Um, you know, the whole week they're they're connecting to the culture. They're out, you know, with community. They're they're you know they're they're, they're dancing. They're uh, you know having a bit of fun. And you know, opportunity and weeks like that is something that you look forward to every year. Just about rugby league in general and its relationship with indigenous communities, for instance. I remember a couple of years ago when Latrell was in the ad, and he draped himself in the um, Aboriginal flag, and there was a blow up. Uh, I remember you at the end of your career, you came out of um, your career looking back at your time at the Dragons saying that you'd copped regular racist abuse. Has has rugby league got its head around what the Indigenous um, part of the game means or is there still a lot of improvement to come in your eyes? Oh, I think <clears throat> I think they're doing a pretty good job with what, you know, what, what it means to be an Aboriginal person. Um, with the guys and the way they're... Uh, no, sorry, with the clubs, and you know the way they're stamping out, you know those those kind of those kind of things. It, it's great, you know. It's you've got to understand like when rugby league not only played, it's played by everyone. Everyone's got a background, and you, you know you you can't be punished for your background. You can't help that. That's mm. what you're born into, and you know you've got to learn. You got to live with that. And I think rugby the the, the clubs now are really understanding of of that and. They understand like when a young Aboriginal man is out there playing, even if he's you know uh, you know Maldi, um, they're not only representing the club, they're representing the town they come from, they're representing the 
their you know their, their ancestors, the, the young kids that are living back in the community, in that town where they come from. You know, they they they're, they're like an idol back to them, so they look up to them, and they want to be like, just like that person. You know, you're just not representing the club. You're representing more than the club. You're representing, like I said, where you have come from and and what and, and your culture. So it's really yeah, really important. Rugby is rugby league's a way out in some in, in some communities. Same with yeah. AFL. It's a way out. Totally, but just having a look at the indigenous side and the your Dalian winger of the year three times in a row. But you look at the the two players that are going to line up on the wing uh, in Josh Adakar and Tabuai Fado. Uh, that give you a run for your money. Mate, I, I'm in Tamworth, and I've I got, I like, I got a property just out of uh, Tamworth, 20 k's out Katingle, and actually the, the, the Josh had a car and the uh, Cowboys, they were actually at the Cootie pub. So I sat down with him last week and had a, had a yarn with him, had a beer with him, and I just said, mate, what's it like, you know, in the, um, you know, what's it like playing? And uh, I remember Trent, Trent was there as well because he's coaching doggies as well, and he said that he showed, you know, the guys old videos of me, and I'm thinking, mate, you can't be that bloody bored. Or struggling for bloody things that you got to show videos of me. Come on, man. There's, there's better ways to show guys games rather than bloody showing me because I remember getting in trouble with my center saying, stay in the bloody wings. <laughs> but, um, mate, talking to him, mate, he's, he's actually just a natural born leader. And I guess on the field, you know, he, I think he's captain tonight. He's going to go out yep. and lead the way for his, uh, you know, for, for his for his team. And, uh, mate, just, just being around him, he's, he's so professional. He's so. Um, you know, he's 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 the life of the he's the life of the party. He's, he's uh, got such a good vibe about him, mate. I reckon he's, he's he's such a great asset to the game at the moment. Nathan, just hang there for a second. You mentioned there about uh, watching clips. We can't do that on radio, of course, but we can listen to thank, them. H- hang on, two uh, sex. Thank God for that. Hang on, hang on. Even with unlimited just interchange, stop. I think it'll play a role. Little one finds some go. Ninety-nine grand final. You, the flash, pick up the ball, bang, and then I think it even nearly snapped the the cameraman's neck when he tried to just quickly readjust what he was doing, mate. Um, so did that clip get a run when uh, what what you were just talking about, <laughs> mate? That's the first clip I've heard of something positive. But he's a black. Let's drop the ball. Like, this is happened. Or he's done this. <laughs> nah, it, it gets a run. Yeah. Um, oh, people ask me about it all the time, and I say, look, the leading up to the games. I was a bit nervous under the high ball, but I said to the guys at training, I said, look, doesn't matter what's out. There's a cold out there floating around. I'll catch it. I'll guarantee you. I wouldn't <laughs> let you guys down. And my, my my attitude was, get the ball. If you get smashed after that, you know what? You got the ball first. That's all that matters. And I opened up. And with my surprise, I was in there clear, and I was like, oh, okay, just keep running. Just keep running. Yeah, and it, it happened so fast. But my idea was just, just to catch, just to get the ball for my team to, um, you know, do that thing, be a part of the team and put my body in the line. And, um, yeah, things sort of worked out the way it, way it did. Mate, I'm just happy that Glenn Lazarus wasn't in your way there because he he got any piece of you. Given the amount of speed you had got up by the time you got that ball, you could have ended up in the next postcode. I'm not sure, but, uh, no, it all worked out because the C's <laughs> well parted. Yeah. You'd have seen a bloody RIP sign sitting in the middle of that field right now. <laughs> now so that's the <laughs> challenge for absolutely. Josh Adokar tonight, to do something like that. There you go. Hopefully something like I'd that I'd love happens. to see that. I'd love to see him do a backflip. You know, just 
a bit of fun. Enjoy footy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nathan Blacklock, really appreciate your time, mate, uh, ahead of the All-Stars game. We'll, we'll check in again through through the season. So are you up there in Tamworth? What are you, up, uh, what are you doing up that way? Mate, I'm lucky. I've got a property and you know, I've got, you know, got calves and I've got, you know, sheep, animals. So um, I'm getting into a farming thing, which is hard because I'm repairing the fences and bloody, yeah, you name it, I'm I'm doing it. So whatever could go wrong goes wrong. But, no, I love it. <clears throat> I, I, I spend a lot of time, you know, with my family. I'm, I'm always with my young follower and uh, I really enjoy just, just uh, being outdoors and away. I'm out of town far enough that I don't get visitors, which is awesome. <laughs> So I love it, yeah. So I love where I am. And I'm coaching the uh, Katinga Roosters under-18s this year. I did it last year, so I'm looking forward to the season again with them guys. Oh, sick. Yeah, that's unreal. Um, oh, Quick one. We are the mowers. We didn't call ourselves the mowers club because we love getting out there on the lawn, but we're in the metropolitan area of Australia. What about you? How do you mow or do you get the cows to do your mowing? Oh, mate, I've got a push mower and I've got, Honestly, at least an acre of uh, grass that I mow, but I do with a push mower. Yeah. And yeah. the push mower's probably, I think they made that back in the 60s. <laughs> but it cuts anything and everything. When I mean anything, I mean anything and everything. <laughs> even the missus, even even her plants, that you know, her garden, it accidentally cuts them. Um, but, yeah, it it works like a dream. It's not a Toro right on cylinder cut like you do in the golf courses, but you know what, it gets the job done. Excellent. As long as it gets through the head of a brown snake, as if it's in it's the way. Right. Well done, eh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you don't worry. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Too easy, mate. Uh, Nathan Blacklock, really appreciate your time, mate, and um, enjoy the quiet life up there. Thank you so much, gentlemen. You have a good day. Good stuff. And uh, Nick Davis, um, maybe you can get hold of Nathan and he can send you a couple of calves that he's got on his property up there for what's below your two knees. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back. It is actually a huge weekend of sport. You think early February, oh yeah, you're you're post-cricket waiting for uh, the the footy season. Not quite with Super Bowl this weekend. Uh, We've got the cricket, of course, with the the T20. Uh, We've got the All-Stars game tonight. We've got the UFC on this weekend as well. UFC 271 from Houston, Texas, from Fox Sports. Stroke main event joining us right now. It's Nico Pajarillo uh, from Fox. My old mate there from uh, Fox. How are you, Nico? I'm very well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. No sweat. Um, This is huge because it's Rob Whittaker. Finally, the rematch, Israel Adesanya. The the Kiwi, um, the outspoken Kiwi up against our Rob. It's for the middleweight world title, which Rob is trying to claim back. There's a there's a great backstory to all of this. Fill us in, Nico. Oh, mate, it's... Well, make no mistake about it, guys. This is the biggest fight in Oceania history. Here you have two guys in Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker who are so far ahead of the pack, but so vastly superior to everyone else at 185 pounds in the UFC. Rob Whitaker, we know his story. Rose from humble beginnings. Housing commission in southwest Sydney fought his way back to the top, became UFC champion, and then to have it taken away almost immediately by Kiwi. It's just the ultimate rivalry, and, and I'm so excited to uh, watch it on Fox Tell's main event tomorrow at uh, 2 p.m. Nico, how's the the preparation preparations been for both fighters, weigh-ins and stuff, uh, animosity between the two? Well, Nick, Rob's changed. You know, he said before, he, he burned himself out before that first fight, overtraining, overstressing. 
the pressure of finally having that build, the expectations of a nation on his shoulders, and an opponent who, as Adam said, you know, is very good at unsettling his opponent. It, it all just sort of built up, and, and, and Rob kind of went into that first fight in uh, 2019 far more emotionally charged than he should have. And you can see it. Watch the fight back. Rob swung for the fences, tried to take Izzy's head off, and, and left himself exposed. He lost the belt, nearly walked away from the sport, but he, he rediscovered his love and, and, and his passion for mixed martial arts and has worked his way back. He's, he's, in a, he's taken out a murderous row of opponents in, in Darren Till, Judge Hananir, and also Kevin Gastelum. And he's improved out of sight. He's in a better mental headspace and, and thoroughly deserves this rematch tomorrow afternoon. But Israel's changed too. Right? Israel is definitely, a, yeah, as we know, guys, is, is one of the, the finest strikers I think this sport has ever seen, I think it's safe to say. And, and I think, um, I guess the only time he looked remotely threatened was when he moved up to light heavyweight. Um, but uh, that, that's sort of Izzy's only loss. And every other fight hasn't even been close besides that Romero decision. And, and he sort of sharpened every skill he's got. And I think he resents, he kind of resents that notion that he's, he's just a supreme striker. He's, he's relentlessly trained his grappling, his wrestling, his jiu-jitsu. And, you know, while it's sort of, it hasn't been like, you know, the animosity hasn't sort of been as high this time around. I feel like uh, both fighters is so, so much more improved and, and this fight is going to be massive. It's interesting with Rob, um, Nico, you do the show that I, I did a little bit during the, the pandemic and, you know, just trying to fill in time when there wasn't much happening. And basically he, um, Rob, didn't want to even talk about Israel on the show. Uh, he, like we, I think we lined up Israel one day to, to come on the show and he, yeah. he went, ah, oh, you know what, I'll, I'll kind of skip the, I've got some training and stuff like that. He, he, he was just trying to block him out of his existence while he, he was trying to climb back to this point, but has the weigh-in happened? Because I remember the last time before the weigh-in in Melbourne, Rob looked like a ghost. He'd look like he'd like really cut way too quickly, and he, mm. he basically looked a shell of himself. As opposed to this time, I think he's worked it out. He, he looks a lot healthier because it's not easy with these UFC fighters. They they do have to cut weight late. Like Rob's fighting at I think it's eighty-five kilos pretty much, and he sometimes weighs what around what can get up to about a hundred in between fights. So it's, it's not yeah. easy. Is he, is he got it right this time? The weigh-ins have happened and they both weighed, they both made weight, thankfully <laughs> yeah. both at 184 pounds. And Rob, you, you, as, you know, I think this speaks to the whole narrative of this fight, Adam, he got up on that scale and the smiling from ear to ear from start to finish. And, and I think, that speaks to his mentality this time around. I really don't... He, he doesn't seem the, the uptight sort of um, worried guy that he was last time. You know, even the way that he goes about the press conferences and stuff. You know, he was wearing the, the suit and he was all decked out last time around. This time he's rocking up in T-shirts, his own, his own apparel, and he's, he just seems more relaxed. So, you know, it, it just seems as though he's, he's not taking any extra emotion to this fight. He's not going in more charged than he should. I think this will be... Uh, the new and improved Robert Whitaker against the new and improved Israel Adesanya. And, and it's just going to be really, you couldn't script it any better. This fight is just going to be bonkers. Uh, the other fights on the card, what, uh, what else are we looking at there? Nick, we've got um, our very own Tai Tuivasa now drew its own. And uh, this is, this is going to be quite big. You know, this is in the heavyweight division, uh, two of the biggest or heavyweights and two of the biggest personalities, really. I mean, you've got, Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, who's just, you know, 
the biggest personality, I guess you could you could talk to just based on his uh, his social media presence alone. And then you've got Taito Ivaza, who's you know he's the shoey guy. We all know him as that. And uh, yeah, they go head to head. It's it's a massive fight, not only in terms of entertainment value, because these guys just go. Anyone who knows the sport knows these guys are just going to go in and try and take each other's heads off. I don't, I don't see this fight going any further than one round. But not only is it a big fight, I think, in terms of... This is the co-man event. Not only do I think this is a big fight in terms of the entertainment value, but it's also, if you, you look at the title picture, right? Derek Lewis is ranked number three. Ty's ranked number 11. Derek recently fought for the interim belt in Houston when he got spooked by the crowd. And you'd have to think if Ty wins this, Right, he's right up there. Like, I mean, if he if he takes over, if he overtakes Derek Lewis, it's tied to Avasa from Mount Druitt, Stipe Miocic and John Jones, who are, who are all in the mix for the heavyweight title picture. So this is this is massive for Australian uh, MMA, and it's just a, a tremendous story for for all the Westies out there. <laughs> well, let's have a listen to uh, Lewis and Ty from that press conference in the lead up to this one. I'm coming to knock his aside. With the utmost respect, though. I respect that, man, but I'm coming to knock him out with the utmost respect. I'm coming to do the same thing, bro. That's swing and bang, then. Let's I'm go! Go talking! <laughs> How good, Nick. Two blokes have had an altercation at the <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Oh, man. Oh, that was my $1 on the pool table. No, that was my $1. <laughs> well, let's go and sort this out. <laughs> Had a few notes like that of the Rudy Hill RSL, I'll tell you that. Um, no, it got, that, that, that just speaks to it perfectly, I think. These guys are, uh, you know, two, two fan favourites. I think the overwhelming sentiment is we actually put up a video of, of these guys complimenting each other. We had a, a video on, on the main event YouTube of these guys saying, oh, you know, I'm a big fan of, of Ty. I just don't like the shoeys, but, you know, I'm a big fan of his. And then Ty went on to say, yeah, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Derek as well. You know, we... we like to entertain the fans and the fans love us. And I think from what I hear, the overwhelming sentiment in the comments was, man, I, I don't want either fighter to lose this. You know, such is the love for these two guys. It's, it's two fan favorites going head to head in Houston uh, and the crowd is going to go off. Uh, I just, you know, I, I can't wait for this co-man event. It, it, it truly, the UFC has done a fantastic job in putting this card together, um, the main event and the co-man. So, yeah, it's, it's just going to be incredible, I think. Bring it on, Nico. Thanks for your time this morning, mate. Much appreciated. You can catch UFC 271 on Main Event. Go to mainevent.com.au. Enjoy the fights tomorrow, mate. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. No sweat. Uh, Nico Pajarillo joining us there from Fox Sports. We're back in a moment. Yeah, nah is on the way. And so, too, out of last week's yeah, nah is a compliment to Nick Davis. Back soon. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. It's time for... Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Now, just before we get going with this week's edition of Yeah, Nah, i just got to say to Nick Davis, you've changed the way I go about things in one particular little area of my life and it pertains to last week. Gibbo? I'm narring people that don't give you the acknowledgement wave that, yes, you stopped. <laughs> Thanks for not killing me. Thanks for not running me over. Yeah. But also, I'm narring the people that don't increase their speed of walk across. You are a walker walking across a pedestrian crossing. Acknowledge the person. Uh, Thanks, mate. And 
increase yeah. your speed of walk. Don't, no dawdle. Don't dawdle across. So this week, Nick Davis, every time I've approached a zebra crossing, mm. I've not only sped up, mm. but I'm waving like I've just sunk a 30-footer on the 18th <laughs> at Phoenix. I was 16th at Phoenix. Like, I'm yeah. waving to everyone. Like, hands up. Yep, thank, thank you. you. Doff the cap, all of that. Yep, thank you. Changed my life, Nick. Thank you. You're welcome. That's what I try and do here. Yeah. So you got one this week? Lies. I have. Yes. I have. Uh, I canvassed it last night with uh, a few of my colleagues up here. Oh, this will be they, intelligent. What they, could go they wrong? Totally agree. <laughs> Canvassing totally ideas agree. over vodka Red Bulls on the Gold Coast. They yeah. totally agree, but not with the Gold Coast. And anywhere. But Gold Coast, and you go to conventions and whatnot, and you Normally, you get given a little bit of a gift pack, and you get given a lanyard. This lanyard might have important information on the lanyard saying, okay, we've got a presentation about something at 10.30, then you've got lunch at 12. You've got a bit of a run sheet there. You might have your name on it, your company, pop, so ever. That's all well and good whilst at the convention. The second... You leave the said convention or area that that is in. Take the lanyard off. (laughs) Take the lanyard off. Don't go walking around establishments clearly later than the convention is. How long have you got from when you walk out? Because you can forget. You should be taking it off before you walk out. But like. For instance, I'll give you an example. At least before you get in the transport. Like, I was at the tennis and you need to wear your accreditation lanyard. You you do forget. And sometimes I got back to the hotel and went, oh, I still got this thing on. Whoops. That's enough. That's enough. Take it off. (laughs) Yeah, but if you forget. Take it off. No, take it off. Is that what you were saying last night when you were out? (laughs) (laughs) And the lanyard. (laughs) What about, I'll just divert. Oh, actually, hit it. Hit it, Kimo. Yeah, it's no, a yeah, no. no, yeah, no, yeah, no. That's a big it's yeah. It's a no, totally yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Take your lanyards off. What about? You look stupid. A doc- we all know you're here for a convention. Take your lanyards off. What about this one? Idiots. A doctor who goes to get lunch at the local coffee shop or whatever and has got the stethoscope around the neck. Oh, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> no one's going to drop dead ordering well, lunch in front of you. Well, potentially. Potentially. And it, you know what it's going to do? It's going to alert you to the fact that it's going to alert you to the fact that you might be enjoying said lunch. Mm. Someone might have an incident. Mm. You're going to get your lunch interrupted. <laughs> you clearly look like a doctor with your stethoscope. And you know what? I thought you were going to say, you know, they have their little name tags there too. Out of like the yeah, 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 yeah. You can take them off. Yeah. You can take them off. I'm going to double down. If you're at a convention... You know what I saw for the first time in a long time the other day? This was Don't always this, this was the rage early days of mobile phones was someone who had the mobile phone clipped to their belt buckle on the outside. What? It's a big call. It's a big, big call. It's all built in now. In active wear and, and such. I can get mobile that. Phone. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of places to put a phone in active wear. Anyway. Is there? Anyway. No, there's not. Uh, I got a yeah, or no. lanyard. Don't put your mobile phone in your lanyard either that you're wearing out. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you on the lanyards. Get, take your lanyards off. You look like a knob. Sean White, the great yes. American snowboarder, had his last ever run at the Olympic Games yesterday. Oh, no. Half pipe. Oh, no. So, big moment. 
emotional moment. This guy is a legend of the sport. He's transcended the sport, some might say, but he's taken the sport to a new level. So he comes down for his final run. He bombs out. You know, it happens. Didn't end well. But anyway, he comes down. And for the next two minutes, he's waving to the crowd. He ends up crying. Like he's crossing the road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's crossing the road, waving to the crowd and people coming up to give him hugs. And he's looking out there, trying to hold it in. It's so emotional. But the TV director decided to spend most of the next two minutes taking these ridiculous crowd shots of Joe blowing the crowd with boogers hanging out of his nose there in Beijing and all of that. It just, it just ruined the moment. So TV directors who have the need to show random crowd shots is a big... Yeah, nah. Does my head in, Nick Davis. Does my head I in. I agree. I agree with that. You, you, Not our man Gibbo. He wouldn't be doing that sort of business. No, he wouldn't. He's, focus on what's important, wouldn't you, Nathan? Yeah, like these guys who are back on the Zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> this this one guy, he's he's vaping. He's got uh, little Oakley wraparounds, it looks like. And his mate here looks like a Tai Tuivasa version. Yeah. He's not showing his whole face, but I, I just heard a bit of their conversation. And they were talking about going to the pub later and a few cold beers. So Later. Don't wear lanyards, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do, don't wear your lanyards. Far out. He looks pub. like a dragon. What came just out of his nostrils? Don't do it, mate. It's killing you. Slowly. Back in a moment. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back to the show. That's the short one again, Gibbo. Version's not there anyway. Oh, he's taking his headphones off anyway. Uh, Nick Davis is up on the uh, the Gold Coast Bureau of SEN, and uh, joining him, I think, right now is he is he there yet, Nick? Tristiano Merlino. I I am here, Adam. I hope you can hear us. I now understand a little bit better as to sometimes the audio issues when I see my co-companion trying to look at buttons here, and I've seen it firsthand, and uh, I've got a much better perspective of how everything works. Now our uh, our link here has has dropped out, so I can't see what's happening up there oh, at the it's, moment. That's a good it's thing. a state of confusion, but I can hear it. So yeah. anyway, how's hey, things, Tristan ask, from topsport.com.au? Yeah, can, can I ask you a question, Adam? I know, yes. um, I know we've we've been partnered now for about a year, and, and I'd like to think I don't ask for a lot. I don't you know, <laughs> as a sponsor, I don't you know, you know get you guys to do either things, but. Mm. The last thing I said last Saturday was I'm looking forward to getting one of those uh, mowers shirts. And mm. I was informed that not only was I going to get one sent up, it's going to be hand-delivered. Hand and delivered. here I am sitting here still in my top sport attire and those shirts. So <laughs> mm. very, very disappointed in that. But other than that, I'm really, really good. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm quite happy for you to provide. But if reliability, uh, when reliability was being handed out, um, I think Nick was... Uh, chicken salt. <laughs> At the fish and chip shop asking for extra chicken salt on his chips, I think. Um, or maybe he, he did join eventually, but, yes, he uh, forgot. So uh, I don't know if he's completely owned up to that, Tristan. But no, I did. He did. He did. No, he owned up and he, he said next time he's up in 18 months or so, he'll, he'll bring me one up. So we'll see if yeah. I'm the same size. Boy. After the next pandemic, he'll uh, <laughs> be able to get across the border as well. Um, can I just uh, ask you, you're, you're front and centre with Nick there, that his physical state, um, how does it look? Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, it looks all right. He's, um, <laughs> he was he was revving up quite nicely last night. We had a, had a couple of beverages. He came and ended, ended himself in a Top Sword HQ. And, uh, mm. yeah, he, he met a few of the boys. And then I had to, luckily enough, I had to go to SeaWorld last night. So I had to take the kids there, which got me a little exit clause when things were just starting to rev up. But... Nick actually came and met my kids and got them into a state of frenzy before I had to take them to a uh, to a packed theme park last night. So I'm very mm. grateful for that. Uncle Dickie was in control in the back seat of the car. We're getting dropped off to my hotel. We're playing the game. <laughs> it was like we got the quaddy with the roars in the back of the car when we were pressing the right letter to uh, to match the word. It was it was like a. A five-year-old's version of Wordle, uh, and the uh, the elation and excitement that was happening from uh, from the back of the car was outstanding. But yeah, Uncle Dicky did whip him into a, a little bit of a frenzy, and then <laughs> enjoy SeaWorld, Lord Tristan Millan. <laughs> we'll um, we'll get to more stories in a moment from up there on the Gold Coast, but for now we're going to go to uh, our regular lawn segment, if you like. Here it's uh, the start of the third hour on the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers, powered by 100 Years of Innovation, and. Uh, our man at the SCG, who we've talked to earlier this summer uh, in preparation for the summer, well, last night him and his crew got it done again uh, against the gods, which conspired against, as they always do when a game of cricket wants to be held in Sydney and the heavens open. Adam Lewis, uh, the head curator at the SCG, and um, his crew made sure there was a game of cricket finished, and he joins us right now. Adam, good morning. Uh, resting up this morning, are we? Guys, yeah, and no, I had a little sleep in this morning. It was a long night. It was a long game. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got another one tomorrow, so hopefully the rain stays away for the uh, the, the second of the T20 internationals there, mate. Um, how is everything at the SCG held up? Uh, you, you've kept away the bugs in the outfield and the, and the pitches, as, uh, pitches that you've served up have been pretty good? Yeah. Um, no, look, it's been a, a great season uh, in that um, sense. Um, you know, I was thinking about it, we were talking about it last night with the boys. I've, I've been in the industry for about 30-odd years and um, I've never had a season like it. Uh, the amount of rain and uh, that's come through, that's, but we've been really lucky in saying that and um, we've got all our games on. So hopefully London yeah, goes sooner than uh, expected. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nick, you got a question? No, not at the moment. I'm still trying to get this camera working. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Adam, we're, we're in separate studios and usually I point to him or he points to me, but at the moment he's, um, well, it's in keeping with his weekend up there on Gold Coast. He's gone missing. So um, He sounds like he's having a fun time up there. He, he is. Well, if you can't have fun on the Gold Coast uh, for a weekend away when you're playing golf and just relaxing, well, you may as well just give up, not in, not even leave your room. But, uh, mate, overall, the, the, the standard of... Um, the grass, I'm, I'm interested in this and, and the ability to, to stay on top of uh, fertilisation and, and healthiness and all of that. How have you approached it this summer? Because it has been a, uh, a wet summer. Yeah. Um, oh, look, we've got a really good program in place. Um, sprayed a, uh, we had a lot of fungicides this year, which is with this humidity and rain around. Um, but we have covers down a lot this year. So prepar- it makes the preparation a little bit difficult. Um, for games and having game, games that are close by. Um, so, yeah, look, it's been a tricky one, but I've got a great team, um, a lot of experience there now. They've, even though they are young, they've, we've gone through a lot in the last couple of years, so um, the boys are handling it really well. 
wasn't there a didn't you guys because of the rain that hit the the Sydney test? I, I remember on Fox Cricket you you had the race. Who who are those two involved yeah. in that? And does yes. that get talked about a bit? Yeah, it sure does. Um, those guys are actually they, they've, they've ones uh, Paddy Connell and, and Max Kane or they've been doing that little race for years. But I think it was a lot of spotlight came onto them um, because we had to take the covers out so many times that day. I think we we said we got about eleven times. So um, yeah, look, they had a little bit of fun with it um, when the cameras picked them up. Uh, noticed one of the guys was running in boots and the other one in joggers. So. Um, Paddy was lucky enough to to get a little sponsor out of it from Asics and um, <laughs> so, um, made the the uh, a bit more equal for them to run out. But that um, no, was a lot of fun. The boys loved it. How good! How good! Uh, just one on like when you mow the lawn. You, the the perfect time in my estimation to mow the lawn is do Saturday it, morning. Yeah, Saturday morning. But if you can time it for rain within the hour after you've finished mowing, I just think that that's, that's utopia. With For a home lawn, spot on. With yeah. looking at the radar, like what tip can you give to look at a, a reliable radar and like pretty much nail when the rain's going to hit? Do, do you guys do that when, you know, obviously, you've got a bit more on the line to get the pitch covered uh, so you can continue your game of cricket when the rain clears? Yeah, so uh, look, basically we all use the same radar. It just depends on which service you use. But with my one, I've got a GPS um, on the phone, so I've got a dot for where I'm standing. So I can basically um, know within you know, a minute or so of when we're going to get it or when it's going to go. So um, I'm pretty lucky, lucky with that. But most of the radars, you know, we're all used the same one. Next. Adam, from go. me, now I'm back on uh, on screen. We've got here, look, we're starting to transition out from summer to cricket tips. Uh, uh, sorry, summer to winter. The tips for the autumn lawn, and in particular, what have you got to do? You'll be starting to get a little bit of, when you walk past John Longmire around the SCG, you'll be starting to say, you've got a little bit more grass on the SCG, and when can we start <laughs> training on there? Um, yeah, that's true. saw it on the other day, and I saw the boys training across the road. So, um, yeah, I'll be here before you know it, so... This year we've um, we've got lucky enough to have Mardi back again um, in between, and then we go straight into our first NRL match. And I think we've got um, the Swans the week after, so they'll start their training um, round two, I think, for, for AFL. Is there anything special, Adam, that you have to do for the sport of cross country fumbling as opposed to cricket in terms of the turf? Yeah, look, we've, we grow it out. We get. We get a height of um, up around sort of 25 to 30 mil, um, and we put our cool season grass in. So the dry grass um, helps with their cushioning and stability um, through the winter. Um, yeah, we will start doing that um, soon as we get through Mardi Gras, uh, and then hopefully uh, germinate and be looking really good by, uh, sort of, uh, around two rounds. So. For, for me in closing, the, the big thing I want out of this, um, Adam, if you can give me a tip, it, it is going into the end of summer. Now, to make that lawn last as long as you can, looking at making it look as lush and as green as possible, long way into winter, what should we be doing in the next month or so to uh, to help that cause? Oh, for home lawn you're talking about? Yep. 
Yeah, the key is your regular mowing going into, into your winter, so you keep out the, your winter weeds. If you, um, if you can get your grass um, that, that cuts out the competition for the weeds to come through. And then just give it a nice um, dry feed going into winter yep. um, before to go into dormancy, and um, it should hold its colour. We don't really get frosts in Sydney. Um, we might get one or two, but frosts are sort of the things that, that turn the home lawn um, different colours and stuff, so you can use a little more if you're a teen home lawn Last drive, I think, will help you through. Adam Lewis, really appreciate the tips, Actually, mate. Adam, I've got one more, one uh, more quick one. Yeah. <laughs> because no, we're watching the golf, and I did put this request in last time that we spoke about look, where there are some albatrosses and whatnot that on the golf courses where there's a little plaque. Have you been able to get the little four goals plaque on the SCG <laughs> at all? Oh, <laughs> Still, mate, I'll, I'll, yeah. I appreciate your help. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Adam, thanks again, mate. Much appreciated for your time and um, good luck with the, the seasonal crossover and um, hopefully the rain stays away for uh, tomorrow night. Cheers, mate. Adam Lewis joining us there from the SCG. Nick Davis is on the Gold Coast with Lord Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au. We'll continue the discussion after the break on the Mowers Club. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yes, welcome back to the show. And Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au is with us as well in our Gold Coast satellite studio. Um, Tristan, all okay up there? All good? Yeah. We're starting to get a little bit of... We've straightened up, and I think we're starting to get a little bit of... Uh, it's like a horse. Sitting a little taller in the chair. Uh, <laughs> might, might have wobbled around the bend, but it looks like we're, the whip's about to crack for this last hour, so I'm expecting a, a big effort. But, yeah, looking forward to having a chat. And, yeah, it's really good to be in the in the studio just down from our office. So it's a nice little setup here. Yeah, uh, just on the text line, by the way, boys love Nick's lanyard. Yeah, nah. Uh, what about this? Just saw a bloke wearing his Sydney 2000 Olympic volunteer shirt at the shops. That's 22 years of careful laundering uh matt on the text line that is i like that matt i like that and, and that was another year now for me we'll quickly do it before we go through all the markets for topsport.com.au with lord so tristan Mellahan. how soon is it to and tristan you can answer this how soon is it to start getting your panthers polo out before the season before starts. the season starts like uh, when can you start you know getting your your merch out and not your premiership winning polo because i'm sure you got one of them but just your general you know rugby league polo when is it too soon to get that out oh since penrith had such a great year probably the uh the, the day after the season finished was was, was my <laughs> answer walking around in it <laughs> but no I, I think it is it's it's an interesting one it goes from cricket to rugby league season i think now we've got the all-stars uh game on tonight, I reckon it's just about rugby league season now. So, um, yeah, I reckon it's about time. That's mm. probably the one. Well, let, well, let's start there for the. Uh, have you got markets here? Hang on, that's next segment, Nick. What? The, what what are we talking about this time? Uh, what we're talking about this time is. Um, <laughs> I don't look. <laughs> yeah, you don't look. See where it says eleven thirty-five, which is ten thirty-five your time. Uh, oh, yeah, talk right. about yeah, that. Yeah, but we we'll involve Tristan very much in this segment because I want your thoughts, Tristan. For you, first of all, there was a bit of. It was a bit of a blow up south of the border today, or doubly south of the border from where you're sitting right now in Victoria about Peter Volandis from Racing New South Wales making the decision to put a $2 million race on Cup Day 
And I think it's for winners of country cups. Uh, 1,600 metres, I think, is the distance at Randwick on cup day. So those south of the border are like, well, hang on a minute. This is our day. This is Melbourne Cup Day. This is all about the race that stops a nation. And you're going to put this on up there. Is this a good thing come from a punter's perspective um, for a place like topsport.com.au to have extra interest on Melbourne Cup Day? Yeah, well, firstly, I can understand how Nick got that time stuffed up. Like, you, it's not like you called him five <laughs> minutes earlier to, to say this is what we we're going to chat about. But yeah, I, I can see how that that's that's gone. Oh, gone Dory missing. up there. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think it's a really good thing for for punters, for bookmakers, for racing in general. To be honest, like on on Cup Week, you've got such an action packed week. But uh, Derby Day is traditionally the the feature day, and that's when there's you know premium racing across the day, and uh, and and it's focused on Melbourne, obviously, and 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 on Cup Day itself, the focus is never going to be shifted from the Melbourne Cup. But the quality of the racing away from the big races has never traditionally been as good, um, and and I think to be able to get another focal point that I I don't think is going to take any light away from the Melbourne Cup, but it's going to complement the day, and we find from a turnover point of view, which at the end of the day, turnover is what funds racing and allows us to continually raise these prize money and, and all these sort of things. And to be able to have more races that are high quality, I think it can only be a good thing. Is it true? You, oh, sorry, Nick. Yeah. Um, is it, you, let me go. Yes, boss. Go. Uh, do you think, Tristan, in regards to wagering and turnover, that on course, and it's important for for Sydney to have a, a decent race on, on cap? Because everyone wants to, whether you're in Melbourne, Sydney, Doomben Eagle Farm, wherever you are, they want to go to the races and see, yeah, maybe their own horse run on Cup Day, but to have another decent feature race to bet into that's just not the Melbourne Cup. Absolutely. And, and as you say, people, I, I own a number of horses and, and it's great to have a, have a horse racing on, on, on Cup Day itself. So to be able to have a couple other big races there that, that aren't, aren't going to take the focus away from the Cup, but are going to add another focal point, I think it's huge. It's going to help turnover. It's, it's going to um, going to give people on course in Sydney particularly and another another thing to focus on. So I, I, I think it's a really positive move. I, I think what um, PVL did in general was, you know, I've, I've probably been a little bit critical on some of these pop-up races. I think sometimes it's funding races for the sake of funding it where there's no real strategy behind it. But I thought the, the announcement that was made uh, this week was good in a, in a number of senses. It, it, he also added a lot of uh, extra prize money to some of the bottom end races, which is huge because we need to make sure that it's not just the the Sheik or, or Waller or these these guys getting the extra prize money. <laughs> uh, we, we, we can certainly uh, focus on that. But um, but yeah, I, I I think this incentive looks like it's going to you know help a lot of the uh, the wider public and the country trainers and all of that. So and and, and I think the other thing that, that's key is some of these these country races, these country cups that are going to generate the field for this two million dollar race are now going to generate better horses better jockeys, more trainers going down. It's going to raise the profile on you know, 12 to 16 other country cups throughout the course of the year, which can only be a good thing for turnover across the board too. I've, I did hear a, a rumour that another benefit of doing something like this for Racing New South Wales is that, and Tristan, I don't know if you can give away trade secrets here, that, that the usual turnover tax for a race meet is 1.5%. So that Racing New South Wales can charge bookmakers 1.5% for you know partaking in their product so to speak, but if it's a premium race day in New South Wales, which this now is because of this $2 million race, that percentage goes up to 3%. Now, I don't know if that's on the money or, so to speak, pardon the pun, or it's a total furphy. Do, do you know much about that aspect of it, Tristan? Did you know that before you said it was a great idea and now you're <laughs> going to change your mind? <laughs> well, 
What I would like to touch on is, is Adam, if you can negotiate one and a half percent, I would love you to do the negotiating for us because <laughs> there, there's, there's no there's no race meeting in the country anymore that's one and a half percent. But you're right, it, there is an increase in 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 fees when it goes from a. There's three categories in New South Wales. There's standard, there's premium, and there's premier. Um, so, and it's all based and tiered on the um, on the, the the prize money for that race. So, yeah, it will uh, increase a, a touch in that. There, there, there is a, a small increase from you know, premium to premier, which it would have already fallen into that middle category. So, there, there is okay. there is another upside from that from the racing New South Wales point of view. But you know, I'd, I'd rather have a have an actual feature race that's generating the uh, the increase in prize money as opposed, oh sorry, increase of fee structure as opposed to just a mediocre one, which you know probably could have got slipped in there anyway. So you don't you don't then it, it doesn't turn into a bad situation for you if it goes up to a a premium that the top bracket because it, it you you'd have more turnover on that than you would anyway, regardless yep. of the price increase on a benchmark sixty four, which. You know, everyone would love to win a race with a horse, but that's the lower end of the scale. Yeah, correct. So you, you, we were, would have already been paying the middle middle tier of the the turnover levy, and yep. by it, it will increase to the top tier, which is a is, is an increase. But I, I think that uh, is negated by the fact that there would be an actual focus on this meeting. You would get you know much more genuine turnover on the meeting. So yes, it, 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 there is a reason behind it, but there's it, it's also not a complete negative from our point of view in that space. Uh, switching focus totally before we get to a break and then come back with our regular you know Nick's stupid multi and my mm. ridiculous bet, which is no hope of winning. So you can rule a line through another it horse. Ran, uh, <laughs> it, it ran a place last week. Yeah, great. Yeah, didn't, didn't have it each way. Which way did you? I told you. Yeah. Anyway, um, how do you feel about Wordle, Tristan? <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've seen it pop up, and I, I, I know about as much. You don't sponsor the Wordle? The only thing <laughs> I, sponsor everything else. The only thing I know less about than Wordle is NFT teams. Yes, I'm yeah, waiting. Yes. I, I walked into topsport.com.au headquarters yesterday, yeah, and I looked for the NFT section, and he was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, we, no. we, we haven't quite got to that yet. Delete. Anyway, uh, Nick obviously is not a massive fan of people posting that's, their Wordle scores. Full stop. However... I'll give you this story, Nick Davis. This jumped out at me out of the paper this morning. The Daily Telegraph, a woman who was held hostage for up to 20 hours has been rescued after failing to post her daily Wordle score. This woman had a house broken into by some random who held her hostage for those 20 hours. And because the daughter of this 80-year-old woman hadn't seen her mum post her Wordle score, which she she had been doing each day, she was then concerned, rang the cops, they went round there and rescued her. Well, this has happened to me, Adam. Uh, Tristan has rung me numerous times, understanding why at 12.30 I hadn't registered a bet at topsport.com.au. <laughs> and he would ring me and ask if I was okay. And I was like, yeah, sun up, must bet. I understand that responsibly, of course. But, uh, yeah, I've had the similar situation happen to me. So does that change your tune in any way, shape or form no, on Wordle? No. People that do Wordle wear lanyards. Outside of conference time, oh, come on! You would do that. You'd be a lanyard wearer. I am a lanyard wearer. Yes, yes. I was just disappointed to get a lanyard coming in here today to swipe in. That was, that was just disappointing. Hey, you didn't get a t-shirt. You're not getting a lanyard. Hey, another yeah, now nah, by the way from Rooster Man, a long-time listener as well. Why do women put their mobile phones in their back pocket of their jeans and blokes don't? I have well, a theory. I have a theory on that too. My mm-hmm. wife loses her phone. 12 times a day, and, uh, and and I think that that's one of the reasons she puts it in there. She sits on it, and, and it reminds her she's got it. But I'd like to hear your theory, Adam. Uh, my theory is that blokes are so stupid that they forget it's there, and they'll sit on it and break it. 
Nick, have you got a theory? No. No? No theory. Okay. Cool. Uh, glad I brought it up. Anyway, um, <laughs> we've got Nick's stupid multi. Yeah, I went, actually, no, no, I went. go, go, do no, it. No, no, no. Actually, no, because it would be oh, Nick's the... stupid thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> the filter caught it. Yes. Wow. It's <laughs> like Haley's comment. I just turned it on. <laughs> the filter's on. Yeah, okay. Put it away for the next five years again. Uh, we'll be back in a moment. Nick's stupid multi is on the way, and Tristan will run us through some of the markets today. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Ah, what a tune. You looking forward to hearing it tonight on the Gold Coast again, Nick? <laughs> it really it, it woke me up. Like, I was like, right, it, it reminded me that I actually had a responsibility this morning Yeah, to put the vodka Red Bulls down and... Mm. Go to bed. Did you get to that? How close did you get to that tipping point of, you know what? Tomorrow will be tomorrow. I'll just make it. Now is now. I'm clubhouse leader. Yeah. The, oh, you're more worried about the golf, not the show. I'm not, not the show. <laughs> not the show. That's the Tristan Mellahan from topsport.com.au. That sounds like the Nick Davis we all know and love. <laughs> yeah, Filters back off. It was, uh, it was made very clear that was the priority uh, in order as well last night too. <laughs> Oh, no, champion's trying to become a legend here. All right, let's get to it. Now, on the Saturday Morning Mowers Club, it's time for Nick's Stupid Multi. What are you, stupid? What's the matter with you? Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. Are you crazy or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid as a stupid does, sir. Again, stupidity is uh, its one of my strong points, and uh, I'll find it again here today. But uh, as I said, and I'm sure because I can't see the text line, 0457-736-736. If you've got a, a prop bet for the for the gridiron, I'll be in at topsport.com.au this afternoon, hopefully holding up a winning golf trophy and, and after a few beverages, I can just jump on the computers there and put up a market. So if you want to text in 0457-736-736, over-unders, chicken wings that you're going to eat. I'll mark it for you and you can uh, you can let me know. But what I've done here, and it's interesting that uh, last year, Tristan, we were talking about the uh, the length of the national anthem in the in the Super Bowl was one of the biggest betting goes of the year because some Joe Palooka stood outside the stadium and listened to the rehearsal and filmed it on his iPhone, and everyone knew what it was. And it was a dollar eighty into a dollar ten, and then they suspended betting. And that market hasn't gone up yet. It has, as it has gone up. I made sure I put a special request in Sister of to the uh, to the office as I left. I said, I know there's going to be one thing. I said, I never know what to expect when I'm having a chat to the boys. It's it's something like the lucky door prize. You see what comes up. But there's one thing I can guarantee that's going to be mentioned in this yes. segment is the length of the national anthem. N. My sister, she she had a couple of beverages with Nick last night as well. She was worded up that we needed to get this up, and we've gone up over a hundred and a half seconds for the length of the national anthem. One eighty-five the overs, one ninety-five the unders. That's what one minute forty and a, and a half seconds. Ooh, I guess under. Under. I'm going under. Adam. Ooh, over. 
Oh, there we go. That sounds like we've set it perfectly. Do a few renditions yourself. Time yourself. You know, you used to do public speaking. You had to do a two-minute speech and you mm. time it. Do it. That's I would it. have taken the unders about your public speaking. <laughs> this morning for me to be able to talk for 100 <laughs> seconds of decent radio, under. Yeah, go back and listen to the first hour of the show. Totally under. Mm. But for my uh, – I'm on the topsport.com.au app now, uh, looking responsibly here. And we have got the uh, – I'm being super lazy because I'm not in the greatest shape – and uh, NFL matches, I'm, it, I, I think I'm pretty keen here. And everyone at topsport.com.au are keen for the Bengals to win. So I'm going to take Joe Burrow to be the MVP and the Bengals to win. Joe Burrow to be the MVP and the Bengals to win. So that gets us obviously a very, very related multi there. So it gets us $3.50 about the uh, the all up, about Joe Burrow winning this, the MVP and the Bengals winning. And we'll be very, very happy campers at Top Sport if that's the case. There's been a lot of money throughout the course of the year on the Rams, $15 into now $1.50 to win the Super Bowl. So, yes, we'll throw that one on for Nick's stupid multi and uh, we'll all be cheering it on. Mm, fair enough. Um Cooper Cup is that, is that the is that the yes. guy's name? Yeah, yeah, wide receiver for the uh, for the Rams. Have you got any markets around him, Tristan? Um, we absolutely do. do. We've got a stack of player bet markets. So if you jump onto the uh, the website and you go to the player bet section, we've got a whole a whole section on that. So if you bring that up, which I'm doing right now, I've got no uh, computer here, so trying to do this on the phone, which is uh, proving a little bit problematic. Don't say that. You've got the greatest betting app in the history of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, Cooper Cup. So we've got over and under receiving yards, which is, mm. which is a good one. So Cooper Cup receiving yards is uh, 108 and a half. So if you think you can get over under that, you've got that. You've got the uh, the um, the receptions as well as the other thing for Cooper Cup, which is eight and a half, a dollar ninety seven the overs and a dollar eighty three the unders. Okay. Fair enough. I might go I think he's gonna have a big game. So I'll go overs, overs. Can I double those up? Is that all right? You can double up. They're not a straight multi, but you can certainly double them up. So that would get to over a hundred and eight and a half and then over receptions is over eight and a half gets it to three dollars. Three dollars and then uh, it's not going to do much to the price, but I was going to say Espiona at, uh, at no. in the light oh, Here today. we go. At a dollar oh, twelve. Here we go. <laughs> Chris Waller has just <laughs> <laughs> gone to check in the staple if she's still got four legs. <laughs> well, we could certainly throw Espiona in as well. He's so. a brave man. That one, that will get it to $4 about that multi. So yeah, that we'll, nice. we'll, we'll throw that in now. That's go nice. for it. For any of our NFL fans out there, another one – and. Any of your, your prop bets or any of your multis, CJ Uzama, he's the tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's mm-hmm. going to have a big game. They're going to go to him. Mm-hmm. So let's throw that in. But what we need to get to now, uh, Lord Sir Tristan Merlihan, is the racing. And we spoke yes. about this yesterday. That what a day. It just drops upon you. We spoke about uh, some barrier trials and any market moves. Now it's uh, it's race day and it's, uh, it's all about to happen. Let's start at uh, Caulfield with the first group one of the year. Yeah, the first group one of the year is the, of course, the CFO Stakes, where it's a really wide open betting affair where Cinewan's a favourite at four dollars twenty. Uh, it's a very bit of a go there. Yeah, a bit of a go. It's it's sort of drifted out four twenty out to four forty, been very solid. Just come into four twenty now. Uh, the toppy in the market, I'm Thunderstruck, has been seven into six, and Behemoth five fifty out to six. They're, they've been steady, but the one I like. Down the bottom of the weights, Lighthouse number eleven. It's been eight out to nine fifty, back into nine dollars. I think it should. It's a good little each way play. How do you go pricing these up in regards to look, Cinewan, 
Very, uh, very impressive um, coming back. You, know, you got uh, I'm Thunderstruck first up, and then obviously um, some of the horses had a few runs. It's interesting to see where they're all at in their prep. You said need the ear to the ground, listening to the trainers, going, "Oh, listen, we've got longer term goals," and and making sure you price that accordingly. Yeah, it's just trying to you know use your discretion as to how you price this and, and be fluid with the market. I think the key thing for for punters as well is um, we've touched on a few times on this show. The big money seems to come around about the 20-minute mark in these races out from the race. So you can see they've all been pretty solid, all of these horses so far. But keep an eye, like if you see a horse go from $6 into four eighty in that little period straight after the official calls come up, that's a really good tip for a race like this, particularly with a lot of horses first up. Is that in regards to you've already got a decent hold on the race? So for the market to move when there's plenty of money in the pool, then it does take a lot to shift uh, the market late. Oh, it does. And and the reason why, if, if you look at this race in particular, we, we bet every player, professionals alike, to win 25000 once those official prices come out. So they're, they're genuine big bets that are coming in that last 25-minute window. So And the punters are obviously there sitting there waiting for that time frame to tick over. So those moves from that 25-minute to 20-minute mark, they're genuine massive wages from really smart punters. Uh, Rubiton Stakes, a Taurus, uh Again, no, into the ground. Don't. They're talking. They're talking uh, new markets. They're talking twelve hundred. Strictly sprinting this preparation. Three dollars sixty favorite there at the moment. Three dollars sixty, and uh, when Adam left it out of his multi, I think we might just tuck it into three dollars forty because it's grown and <laughs> grown a leg there on the back of it's that. It's taken Espiona's uh, leg, and we've attached that to uh, Torres. <laughs> but the uh, the big go in that race certainly number one Oxley Road. It's been five dollars into three eighty. But yeah, there, there's there's a. A key scratching as well, Maliva, which has caused a lot of these runners to firm. But it looks a really quality race. It's only seven runners in the field, but you've got four of them under $5. So it looks like it's going to be a high-quality one where genuinely any horse in that race could win. Uh, the Blue Diamonds, uh, we've got the Preludes here for the, the Colts and obviously the Colts and Geldings and the Phillies. Let's start with the, the Colts and Geldings first. Yeah, the Colts and Geldings, we see number four, count the headlights, 440 into 3.90. It's been well back, and Jack and O at $2.90. So this one's a very hard race to to line up. Obviously, a lot of these first starters or, or had one or two runs. So it's a tricky one to get a true read, and that's this is another good race where you can keep an eye on those those you know late moves to see where the market's really heading to. Do you also see people where there's a bit of a move for them in this race, and then they double down into the diamond thinking, I want to try and lock in some good odds before an impressive win in one of the preludes? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You always find if if a horse horse goes off in one of these races, it's sometimes easy for the traders to miss the the futures race as well. So it's important to be keeping an eye out on that because yeah, whatever horse wins this race or either of these two prelude races are going to firm up considerably for the Blue Diamond itself. And the Phillies, uh, a bit more wide open there. Um, the the toppy there is uh, is favoured in this. Yeah, it's it's been absolutely smashed. Four forty into three fifty, Miss Rosino. So it's it's been well. Well back. The one I sort of like, though, at a little bit of odds, it's drawn very awkwardly, but if you can get across, I think it's going to be very difficult to run down. Number five, no diggity, $12 into nine. I think it's a decent each-way play. I've got a little tip in that race for number four. One of my uh, compadres up here as a as a small share in uh, the Peter Snowden train horse there, and uh, Peter's down there saddling it up. They've got one runner in, uh, in Melbourne. He's down there, so take that for what it may be. In Sydney, the Apollo Stakes, a uh, really good race card at, uh, at Ramwick today. Yeah, really good race card. And just whilst we're here, we, we got a, um, uh, well, the, the Apollo Stakes, we'll talk about that one first, but there was a really big bet that just came in, in the light fingers, but the Apollo Stakes uh, sees number one, think it over, it's been 390 into 380. 
uh, and very elegant, the Melbourne Cup winner. It's um, it's back and running now. First up, six dollars into four twenty. Whether it's going to be prime for this race, we don't know. But fourteen hundred might be a touch short. But looking at the uh, the light finger stakes, um, where Espinona is obviously uh, the the firm favourite. It's a dollar seventy into a dollar sixty five. There's been a very very big bet just come in in the last fifteen minutes down the bottom of the field. Number eighteen, Mokalula. Twenty five hundred each way on that one at a hundred to one. Ooh. So um, we will be. No wonder it... you want me to get the beers on the way home. <laughs> Far out. You have to sell your house. I might be getting more than the beers on the way home. Yes, if, if that one lobs, it will be a very very sad affair as you walk into the office. It will be. it will be. But in regards to and look, horses like very, very elegant and jockeys like James McDonald. Do you, do you find people maybe not not your shrewd punters, but there's a, that that sentimental money is there, and they probably short, start a little bit shorter in the market than what they they probably are. Oh, for sure. Very elegant, such a popular horse. It's it's been a you know a horse that's been popular throughout its whole career, and winning the Melbourne Cups only going to exacerbate that. We probably have a you know a, you know a, a customer base that are more numbers focused, I guess, as opposed to some of our bigger competitors where that might play a bigger part. But uh, yeah, very elegant. It'll certainly be be well backed by people wanting to support the Melbourne Cup winner. But I think uh, I think the true money will come in that last window where the pros just step in and purely bet on the numbers. Every time I hear the word very elegant or words very elegant, I still can't comprehend $14 in the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> it still doesn't make cannot. sense. It's still, ah, uh, dear. It's anyway. Amazing. Now, what, before we move on to anything else, I've got a, a tip which I, this is a, a one that comes with a big flashing beacon on it that, that Trent's uh, passed on. I, I think there's a really, really good bet that I uh, I think uh, listeners should step into. Doombin Race 3, number three. Now, full disclosure, I do have a share in it. So I know, Adam, you always say they uh, that they grow a leg when that's the case or in, in the yeah. owner's eyes. But yep. this, this horse is stepping up to its optimal trip. It's four dollars twenty, and I think it should deserve to be in the in the top top couple of runners anyway. So I think four dollars twenty. I think it's a very very good wager, and I think it'd be very hard to beat. That's Doombin Race Three Number Three. Seat, Seat of Power. Of power. Uh, That's where he sits. It, it's named after him at topsport.com. Yes. headquarters. He sits in the Seat of Power. It's, uh, I wasn't allowed to sit in the Seat of Power in this studio, though. No. I think. Topical I scene. We've got a election on the way. Um, it, it is interesting about owners' opinions of their horses because. They're very clear. Say you ask them about their children, for instance. It's like, oh, yeah, he's going okay, but really he needs to focus no, on I think this. He's playing, so, oh, I think he's, he's playing right. soccer. They're all where he's playing. And yeah, yeah, he's he's good. He's You know, but he needs improvement in this area. Jeez, your horse ran a bit already. No, it didn't. <laughs> what are you talking about? How dare you? <laughs> the protectionism around the opinion of a horse by its owner is extraordinary. It exceeds... All kinds of other thought in terms of favouritism to other parts of an owner's life. And uh, Tristan, you've just proved it again by tipping your own horse right there. (laughs) Well, (laughs) let's just hope it wins. Let's just hope it wins. Uh, UFC, I'll give you a little time to find that. UFC 271. Uh, Australia's Robert Whittaker takes on Israel Adesanya. Can I preempt the the market here just as a little Mm. guess? Let's see how close I am to it. I'll put it up for you. Shall I? Uh, no, no, I, I haven't. No, had a look I'll put at it. it. Whatever you think it is, I'll change it to that on the computer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I would say I don't know what the margins are and stuff, so I'll just name the price of the favourite. I would say Israel Adesanya is favourite at a dollar forty. Oh, you got yourself a job. We got a new employee at topsport.com today. You are not be up here on the golf trip instead of Nick because he would have had it a lot different. But that's exactly the uh, the price. <laughs> that's the price. Adesanya two dollars ninety four. Robert Whitaker. So a very very firm favourite for the Kiwi. I um I've. Tipped you into some football 
markets as well, Tristan, haven't I as well? So you um, have, you have, you've been a once, very, and very, I never listen again. Very, very sharp. Why. Judge Nick was uh, actually asking the traders when he was up here if the EPL, EPL had started just yet, but um, the um, <laughs> big yeah, man, you fan is. Yep, you, you definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely have got an eye for the odds. Well, I will say, and I'll release it now because I've been able to get on where I wanted to get on. Spain in next year's Women's World Cup. You might have to wait a while. But get all over that because they are massive overs in every single market. I'm not sure if Top Sports got the market up yet, but they are massive overs in every market I've seen. It's ridiculous. Oh, we, we, we definitely have the market. We got them $21 where I know there's a little bit better out there on the back of our, um, you know, your esteemed knowledge there. And, and it, it is. There's a, the, the favorite is USA, Germany, $6. Um, second pick, France, six fifty. England, eight fifty. The Aussies are nine fifty. But, yeah, um, I'll let you touch on the reasons. But $21 about Spain. Well, can I say you can swap the numbers there on the $21 and then halve it, and that's about right. That's how good they are. They've got the, yeah. the the crux of their squad is the Barcelona Champions League winning squad. They've plunged all kinds of money and investment and resources into their development and like giving the national team everything they need. If they're not in the final, I'll be very, very surprised. There you go. So there's very, a push. Very confident, confident push. 18 genius. months out. Very genius. <laughs> you just have to wait a while. Yeah, well, return on investment. Well, I've buying said property. I've, That's I've, what you told me. No, well, I've you told said me to, it's like borrowing property. You'll get a definite return on investment. I've said to my uh, wife uh, and the kids, if Spain win the World Cup, if Spain win the World Cup, we're getting we're getting our passports to go on holidays. If they don't win the World Cup, we're going to Woi Woi. <laughs> so. <laughs> And we're swimming across yeah. from northern beaches. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even we don't even have petrol to get from exactly. northern beaches all the way down to where normal people live in Sydney, and then all the way back around. Gamble responsibly, though, of course, of course. Anything Absolutely. else, Tristan? No, Indigenous I, All Stars, uh, the yeah, All Stars game. Let's quickly touch on that. Yeah, that, that's as we said, the start of the rugby league season is back on our horizon, and it's been a been a little bit of interest in that market too. It's two sixty five the Mari All Stars, a dollar fifty two the Indigenous All Stars. Six flat the line, so the uh, the Murray All Stars have been well backed. It was six and a half into six flat, two eighty five into two sixty five. Should be a good game. I actually um, think the overs is a good play in this game. It's forty four and a half. I know the weather is maybe a little bit interesting there, but the you know, I think it's going to be a free flowing attacking game, and probably the defence might knock up a little bit late in the match. Gentlemen, uh, Nick, you mm. shall start doing your warm up swing because we are done for the show. Uh, what oh. you're going to hit Hope Island now to Island. what's your lead in the golf? Uh, two. I had 37 points. Who's behind? Five, who's two, yeah. second? Kieran Jack's on 30. He had 35 points off 23, so he'll have a little bit of a shave of his handicap there. How many people are in this particular field? Uh, we got five groups. Five groups. Okay, so it's not. It's not exactly Melbourne Cup field, but it's it's decent enough. Yes, enough. Tristan, uh, are you joining them for golf, or you won't involve? No, no, I'll, I'll be working away, but we'll be yeah. uh, we'll be we'll there'll be, be we'll, live updates. Yeah, there'll be live updates. <laughs> Can I just tell you how Nick entered the office uh, when he came into the Top Sport HQ? Yes, he walked in. This will be made, yeah, and he uh, he said, "My name's Nick, and I just shot seventy three at right <laughs> And That was the That's the entrance. Sounds about right. What a wanker. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au. Thank you very much for your company this morning. Much appreciated. You a shirt. We'll send it up to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Davis, um, stick around, by the way. On the way to the course, listen to uh, our man Jason Matthews coming up with Sports Central right after this one on SEN because Andrew McDonald, the Australian cricket coach, will be yes. joining. Um, he's giving me the tips. It's, um, it's Jason's home course, so he's, he's told me where to go. 
Happy days. What have we got and for how our, to play it? <laughs> what's our play-out song here, uh, pump-up song, Gibbo? This is the Lord. The Lord has uh, introduced it for us, uh, Lord Tristan Mellon. Yep. Before every Randwick race, uh, we play this. Every Randwick race one on a Saturday, we play this song, and I think it's an apt one to finish, the old Kenny Rogers favourite. Ah, beautiful stuff. Thank you, Tristan. Thank you, Nick. Enjoy your Enjoy afternoons. Much. All the I listeners, will. enjoy your afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Mowers Club. Jace Matthews with Sports Central on the way. you got to know when the whole Never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough.